oily fuck it up. Oh yeah. And we were doing some cocaine in okay, the so other room. So cocaine fucked it up. Yeah, it's fine to be bald, right? Here's 20 men that are bald and they're thriving. They're all jacked. Like, so, and all the people that don't okay. look good, you look like a cancer patient. Yeah. So I literally saw my dog as my ego. Yeah. But in most ways, this is what my ego is doing. Like, it's a stupid, silly animal that is trying to protect me, and all it wants is my fucking approval. Yeah. I want to give you the Cohiba, which is either really good or really shitty. So it's a real Cuban Cohiba. But the draw is so fucking tight. I like tight. But you don't like it this tight. I like it tight. I keep, don't uh, think Keep you know, talking to me about tight. I don't think you know what you mean. I don't. All right, we got things rocking and rolling. So there's no start point, we just fuck around, but. All right, well. Keep talking to me about tight. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm gonna try to fix this so you can s smoke this first. Dope, and I'm gonna go pee real quick. So this is far, a, so good. You don't, you don't want that cigar either. Dude, I've paid good money for this. <laughs> no, I mean, just I, have, I have like four or five that you might like. So, uh, <clears throat> so I'm going to say is if uh, you don't like it when you're smoking it, I have other shit that you can just keep. So give it a chance. But yeah. like, so that's that's yours. That's going to be oh, yeah. mild, mild, to medium. Dope. It'd be good. Got you cut. There's a light. Thank you, man. No problem, buddy. Um, Got a lot of shit out here. Oh, yeah. This, I did one podcast uh, with my buddy Robbie, which we're supposed to do another one because I royally fucked it up. Oh, yeah. And uh, we just, we were doing some cocaine in okay, the so other room. So cocaine fucked it up. Well, it, it was my decision. So then I was like, ah, it's going to be fine. Let's just bring it in the the room, what I'll do is just like clip it up here. Dude, it was just everywhere. Like <laughs> there was like when he would be saying something really funny, I would be like, oh my God. And, it, and I was just, was, I was trying to listen back. I was like, this is not going to work. Mm -mm. But like, these were these really drunk, stupid decisions that I made. And I'm like, it's going to be fine. Like, and then I looked at it and was like, that is this is not <laughs> like, usable. It's <laughs> like too far. I went a little too far on this one. And I have definitely talked about you know, like plenty of drug use. But talking about it and putting yeah. evidence on video. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I would never do drugs. Me so, either. Yeah, okay. So, as long as we're clear on that. Mm -mm. Dude, so, I, I'm actually going to look like such a pussy because <laughs> I suck at. Wait, should I, should I light it in this? No, um, I mean, I have that there for you if you want to no, use it. No, I want to try it. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. It doesn't do, like, go ahead and light it and smoke it a little bit. Okay, it, and then. So, you, it does better when. It's warmed up, and there's no better way to say this, but like, you want to get the end nice and moist before you put it in the in the tube, all right? Dude, that is really hot. Yeah, I'm yeah. slightly turned on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> God damn it! Mm -hmm. This is my third cigar. You just want to. No, it's my fourth. It might be my fourth. You want to slobber on it a little bit before you put it in the hole. That makes sense. Okay. Wait, this side. That mm -hmm. side. Mm -mm. No. Not that side. Mm. 
Holy oh, shit. Oh, these are nice. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. Yeah. This like, Wait, the it, lighter's nice or the cigar? Both. I would, okay. I actually, the, it took me way longer to light on some other things, so that is nice. You like that? You get some so flavor really out of that nice. a little bit? Because if I go too strong, I just start coughing oh, before I, I even light it. Yeah. Um, you I are the first like. person I've uh, smoked a cigar on the podcast, so thank you. Good. <laughs> Good. Well, I appreciate you setting it up out here. This is nice, man. Dude, this is nice. I, I'm ex- I uh, probably will do it out here a lot in the fall. It's really nice out here. Yeah. In the sun, it'll be easier in the fall. This might be really beautiful. How does this look? With the sun back there. Um, so it's, I set it. Uh, a, that one's fucked right now because mm-hmm. it's, it's an iPhone and it's going directly into the sun. These ones I set, they're just a tad bright, but because it's shifting so fast, the, I did two out here last year, and the light shifts so fast. The, I, I had worse lighting, though, so this will start mm. to supplement. So I'm mm. hoping with this one, it's going to be a touch bright right now like uh, like the highlights will get a little mm-hmm. like glary but that should change within like 10 to 15 minutes and then they should look really nice and then hopefully it won't get too dark because of the supplementary I, but this is like my newest experiment um but and then i'm starting to use premiere so i should be able to like have a bit more of control of like boosting some stuff you were you were using uh, final cut final before cut. it was the the uh it's gonna sound super technical, um, but the keynotes or whatever, like they were just like pain in the ass. Like, I don't wait, keynotes? So keen, uh, I think it's like keynotes. You are able to move a slider over time. I got you. So like okay. over the course okay. of an hour, yeah. like dude, every like they were such a pain in the ass, and it would like fuck everything up. I was, because I'm like, okay, so I want it to gradually boost three up in brightness over the course of an hour and then something would get fucked and then all of a sudden like everything was haywire and uh premiere makes it a bit simpler i've only used premiere i've never tried final cut but final cut was and- really easy to start with but it had a lot of hang-ups like as i have been going and okay. so yeah dude this is nice this is a good pick i'm glad really man it's a, little, here, it's a little tough to uh, Drinking make cigars for other people. Bodhisattva. 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 Cheers, baby. Thanks, bud. I've had this before. I was pretending like I didn't. But I, I love did. Bodhi. Um, I, yeah, anyway, that's, this is set up. This is going on. I like this. Dude, I can't see your eyes. <laughs> oh, I get that. I hate it when people wear sunglasses. But, so, I told you I did that. I was, like, trying to look in the glint. I was, like, I don't know if he's I'm, smiling. I'm staring at you right now. I'm looking dead in your eye sockets, bud. No, I, uh, I did a podcast. This is actually, like, a physical insecurity thing that happened. Because I did this podcast last week over Zoom. And, uh, uh, what was it? It was... The Rocky Mountain Cigar Podcast. The dude, um, Ryan, I really liked him. He was easy to talk to. But during that podcast, I was outside at about this time. And I'm just, 
like I watched a little, a few clips and I'm just squinting so hard and I look so fucking old yeah. that I'm like, I just, I think I, dude, the sun's just, over there though. I know it's, it's still know, in my yeah, eye. No, it's still in my fucking dude, eye. Dude, I know it's, it's, <laughs> but the, you know, it's weird. Like these are the things that if we're not paying attention, our ego is doing this shit all the time mm -hmm. and we don't notice. So then we, we can't, <laughs> keep going. We can't put it in check. Yeah. Right. But I honestly think the best way to check it is to just, uh, I mean, whether you don't have to tell everybody about everything, but like to share it yeah. makes it like takes all it, the, all the uh, momentum out of that bullshit. Dude, you know I know what I mean? So. I dude, Well, you know this. Okay. I, uh, I a hundred percent agree. Uh, when I, I'll, if you tell so, like, for example, for, like a lover, like a, your wife, for me a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I'm insecure right now, you know. Like if it, like I don't like, not not to say you shouldn't do this, but like, hey, I was feeling insecure. Then I like I use this with friends, and I'll be like, dude, just so you know, I was like, I was a little insecure that you guys did that thing, and they're like, ah, oh, dude, I don't. Like, no, you should have changed anything. I just feel good about saying it now. So I, you're saying you should say this to a lover, yada yada. Yeah. Yes. But yes. not in a not in a like you need to correct your like no. decision making. No. That's part of the awareness like, is understanding uh, that it's not anyone else's responsibility. Yeah. I um, well, and I I hold this in a bro. Dude, the flies are They are bad. Yeah. What are we going to do about this? Nothing. They're just going to be they not a like, annoying, man. Fuck, man. Um, I forgot about this. Outside. This is the first one outside since yeah. last year. I should I will figure this out for next podcast, which you won't be on, so it won't yeah, help but you. As, as soon as it's a little cold, <laughs> you'll, you won't have a problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do need to figure this out for next one. So the thing about being transparent in that particular way with a partner, I didn't learn that until after my first divorce. Did we, have we talked about that at all? Uh, my divorce and everything? Yeah, again? you told me you were divorced. So I was divorced, at, I, don't, I think, maybe 27. And it was really short, a short marriage, but was it a year, two years? It's hard to say because like the divorce process is however ah. much time. And then you're like, well, I don't know how long that was. But I ultimately think it was like a year and a few months of being married and before like, saying like, we need to get a yeah, divorce, yeah, yeah. right? Um, fascinating to even think about that time because it doesn't Cause you're seem- you're like 50 now, right? <laughs> <laughs> right this second? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in this light of ice squids. <laughs> <laughs> and then hopefully this swells them up really big. Oh, you know dude, what I mean? It's going to be good. Mm -hmm. uh, so so what, the, I'm going to crank the clarity on this. <laughs> Just kidding. So then I dated a girl afterwards. And I was like, I want to do things very differently. Unfortunately, she was willing. She was capable of playing the same game of transparency. But I fucking loved it because we could be like, hey, I'm feeling needy right now. I know that's not your responsibility, but if you could just give me some attention, yeah. that'd be wonderful. And then to have the partner respond with like, holy shit, yeah. Like, yeah. what's going on? Here's some cuddles. Squeeze my tits. You know yeah. what I mean? So to have uh, that. So since then, I've been super. Well, it's also nice when. Um to your previous point, when you do like, I discovered this at the bar where it was like, well, if I did something embarrassing that I didn't want anyone to know, it's like getting out 
in front of the narrative before the narrative happens. Like, so if you're like, hey, I'm feeling embarrassed about going bald. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, whatever. Like, that, that's my insecurity, right? So, Is uh, it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Like, yeah. You know what? Okay, I want you to finish that. But <laughs> I find the bald thing interesting because it never blipped my radar. Really? I started losing my hair at like 18. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I never even thought I about it. I think it's because you look like The Rock. I don't think I look like The Rock at all. <laughs> the only thing we have in common is that I'm bald. We're bald. Like, and literally, you're that's muscular. It. Like you could oh, say I look tall. like Danny DeVito or I guess he's no, not No, that's bald. not the same. No. <laughs> yeah, okay, so here's, I will, I will tell you my But I know it's really common. Because it's just like, yeah, it's super common. But like every, every time that I, like, I would look, I'm like, yeah, it's fine to be bald, right? Like here's 20 men that are bald and they're thriving. They're all jacked. Like, so, and all the people that don't okay. look good, you look like a cancer, cancer patient. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, I don't want to look like that. I was like, fuck, dude. So when I started what? balding, I'm like, oh, and I'm not going to sport a fucking bald spot. So no. what the fuck? So, yeah. So anyway, that became an insecurity of mine. But by me addressing that to, like, people I know, I'm just like, dude, it's fine. It like, takes all the, uh, all it, the punch yeah, out yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's like what Eminem did in 8 Mile. Like, you, are, you make fun of yourself. And then, yeah, so you take... But it's also, there's, different, there's a difference between being self-deprecating and then sure. just being honest, right? Like, sure. Um, the bald thing just... It objectively also works with like fat dudes with beards. Yeah, I'm not that either. <laughs> You're like I guess I <laughs> in between. I could. You're not eat, fat at I, all. I could. I could be. Maybe I need to lean into. You that. gotta commit one way or the other. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be the muscular dude. So that way, like, give me five more years, and then I can just shave it. You know, or I'm gonna be the rich dude and fill in the hair, yeah. and and go to Turkey and fill in the hair and then I'll be fine. I like having hair. I will say if there was a way to have a head of hair that looked totally natural and wasn't weird, I would absolutely have a head of hair. I would love it. Bro, haven't you been seen 20 years. Haven't you seen Henry Cavill in The Witcher? Yeah. That hair looks amazing. That's totally fake. Yeah, but it can looks you great. Commit to that daily? <laughs> no. No. I could never. No. But I also don't have that chin. He's just a fucking beautiful human. Dude. He is really beautiful. He also has hair anyway, but like, as soon as I started watching that show, uh, I was like, dude, this, it's obnoxiously like a wig. Like, like they didn't even like lead, they didn't even try to make it real, I swear. So like, have, you watched, have you watched the show uh, Winning Time? Uh, with, uh, it's John C. Riley. Okay. Uh, about the I love LA Lakers dynasty. Okay. I don't care about sports. I need to, actually. I don't care about sports, but it is so fucking good. I've heard this good. from other people. It is so well shot. Yeah. The cinematography is different than anything I've seen. The way they're clipping scenes. Yeah. They'll do a lot of stuff where, like, the subject is talking. There's a fast clip here and there. And then it'll also show the subject at a point when they're not talking, but they're still talking over themselves not talking. And they make it work perfectly. Okay. It's amazing. Yeah. So, but in that show most of them have terrible wigs on. And I actually don't know why. <laughs> I, can, I don't know why. I don't know why. Everything else is perfect. Dude, it's, I it's gotta love be on purpose. John C. Riley, man. He's, he's so a master funny. in this movie. He's so funny. He's actually a legit good actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. That's just like an insecurity of mine. I, uh, but uh, like 
to our previous point, like talking through, like if you can be honest in your insecurities through people. And I think there is a difference being like, I'm really jealous. You need to stop your behavior versus, Hey, I'm, I'm jealous of that. I'm working through it. I just wanted to let you know that like I'm dealing with it. It shows like vulnerability without like, especially when it's like, like a partner. It's like, also really revealing about the other person too, because sometimes I've done that with people that are unable to receive it. Right. right. So then you only do that once because you understand that like, okay, this person doesn't get that either. So and therefore they're, they're not your person. They, well, yeah. And or however that works, you have that boundary, right? Yeah. But, but I'm not talking about significant other. I'm just okay. talking about anybody, yeah, 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 anybody yeah. that you know. Um, but, Oh, it, it, if they're not able to receive that information and understand that you're not actually blaming them, yeah. then that means that they're not able to see that their triggers or wounds are their own and they're not, sure. other people are not responsible for those, right? Yeah. Dude, the human dialogue is, is definitely a tricky bitch because, like, man, I just, I just had one with uh, the girl I'm seeing and I was like, like there was like a disconnect and I was like, I think that, I think that I'm fucking up a little. And then, but I'm like, I don't know if I'm fucking up as much as I think I'm fucking up. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, I'm going to do my best to be better. And then we realized today, like, dude, we're stressed as fuck. Like I'm stressed on money. I'm stressed on, um, like, like a lot of like, like life pressures. Right. And then she's also stressed like stressed in a bunch of areas she's like holy shit like these things are are a weight on like interpersonal dialogue so Whoa, like yeah. so so like there's these pressures outside like this is why uh this sounds vague but like this is why uh like if if you're in a marriage and you have uh, a relationship issue, say it's like a communication issue on the kids, like say you have kids, you're like, well, this is already thing. Say for example, it's the toothpaste, the toothpaste lid. In relation to the kids, or just no, the kids, <laughs> the so, kids create oh, oh. a bigger thing on the toothpaste lid, and then if the finances come involved, then it's even more, and now that toothpaste lid is such a problem. But you don't, you didn't realize that there's all these other stressors like, oh, fuck. 100% because all those attachments, right? All these things that are uh, either not going how we want them to go or they're going how we don't want them to go or they should exist and they don't or they do exist and they shouldn't. All those things are attachments. It's all, I feel, sometimes I feel like we have a, a particular or specific allotment of energy and all the attachments take a percentage. And then as soon as you're faced with the tooth toothpaste lid, you're like, holy fuck, I'm, I'm going to go crazy. Because you have 1% left because you've given 99% yeah. out yeah. and it's gone. So I feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm doing that now a little bit with my wife, for sure. Yeah. Well, this is why I will never have a wife because I can't even handle the toothpaste. Just on your own. Like, Who the fuck left this lid off? <laughs> oh, fuck You're looking me. at yourself in the mirror. Josh, fuck you, man. Dude, I used to make this joke, but I don't think, I think I only made it to me actually in the mirror. But I was like, dude, I can't even handle you. Like, 
like the, the amount I fuck up when I like look in the mirror, I'm like, fuck, dude, I cannot handle you every day. I'm like, how the fuck am I supposed to handle everybody so, else every day? So the reality, this is, that is a, a wonderful place to get to. You know, there's self-judgment, there's self-deprecation involved. Sure. There's some things that are harmful in that. But when you get to the point where you're so sick of yourself, you kind of tend to let go once you hit that point and and then you start to discover uh initially you start to discover who you're not yeah do you know, do you know like are you, have you felt that process oh yeah dude i'm i uh i was thinking about that on the way over i would um to get a broader spoke like a broader spectrum of even just like who i am becoming is a lot of thanks to you like like when we first started talking i mean we like Dude, it, it, this is wild. This is like kind of off topic, but like the first time that you and I sat down to meet, mm -hmm. we're literally uh, like I even to back uh, to backtrack. I've known your brother for a decade mm -hmm. and more. I knew of you, and then we like bumped into each other. We're like, hey, we should meet up, talk some ideas. Mm -hmm. Dude, the first time we meet up, we talked for four fucking hours. Easy. And I Easy. was not, I was like, I think we're just going to go and like talk for half an hour or have some ideas. And then all of a sudden, I'll like talk for four hours. And so like inch, uh, like exchange of ideas, hang out again, like some books that you like recommended to me. I'm just like, dude, like I literally changed some very big courses because mm -hmm, of just like mm -hmm. dialogue that mm -hmm. we have. So I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's very interesting mm -hmm. to watch like this progression um, mm -hmm. And obviously, I mean, we talk psych psychedelics, we talk with, you know, spirituality. Like, I've been on some of these paths already. It's all the same thing, though. It's all methods. Yeah. We're, we're just yeah. talking about methods yeah. um, to consciousness. But, yeah, so to, like, to that point, I I am self-deprecating in some re regards because I, I like humor a lot and, and, and it, it stems from that. But I don't want to lean too heavy in that. Because like at, at the end of the day, like I I uh, I think I told you about my non-negotiables, mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. like which I don't do at all now. <laughs> I'm gonna restart them. Uh, I was talking to a friend about it two days ago. I was like, dude, I'm restarting these. But also, like, but also don't resist if you feel like you need to reevaluate. Don't resist that oh, either. Oh no, yeah. So like that makes sense. Sometimes if something is continuously not working, it's not time for it yet. But I like them, and I think. They well, then, are yeah, I mean, go go but for it. But like, one of my favorite ones is the mirror talk, and I and I have been doing this. Uh, there was this book I read, "Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends on It." I don't mm -hmm. know if we've talked about this book. Mm -hmm. This is what first taught me it, and but I like look in the mirror, and the first thing I say is like, "I love you, Joshua," and and then I talk about. I don't have a mantra. I don't have. I just say whatever the fuck I like want, but I'm like. I believe in you. I, like, it has to be honest because mm -hmm. I realize that some people can't do this because like, I'm faking it. I'm like, then don't fake it. But here's something I want to say about that. Sometimes, and I'm saying this because I've done it and I deal with the same thing because I only want to tell the truth. As yeah. much as I am capable, I want to tell the truth. But what I realized is that sometimes I can know the truth but not feel it, mm -hmm. right? So when this started was sometimes I would... I would have that conversation with myself. Let's say, where did this start? It start I think it started with uh, gratefulness 
practice. Yeah. So waking up, instead of waking up to the pressure and chaos that the mind presents, yeah. I woke up with what are three things that I'm grateful for. And sometimes they were things I knew I was grateful for but didn't necessarily feel grateful for. But as a result of telling myself the truth, and then I kept doing it during the beginning of my meditations, where it was like, I am sitting down and I feel off and I feel disconnected, but I'm going to tell the truth. So the truth is, I feel shame. I feel grateful. And then I, I, I'm worthy. I, I know that I'm worthy. And that sometimes I don't feel worthy, but I know that I'm worthy. And continuing to do that practice, it, it, uh, it changes something. And I don't know how that works, but it changes something. Dude, it does. I was just talking to a friend because uh, she was saying she struggled with doing this at all. Like, because she's like, I know I don't feel that way about myself. And so I was like, well, then don't, don't say that. I don't know how to actually like fix all this because I do know that I love myself now. But like, here's what you have to get down to. And this is what like Ram Das and Muji and some teachers would get down to is who is the I in that sentence? Yeah. And who is the you? Right? So we're getting down to is once you can understand that the ego is not who you are, then you can start to say, you almost start to treat the ego like a good dog. Uh, uh, um, during my last, my DMT trip, which we can get into, I saw my dog as my ego. I didn't tell you this, did I? Yeah, you did. Actually. I did? Yeah. What's so your dog's saw, name? Tank. Yeah. So I saw my dog as my ego. Yeah. Now, in the depth of that state of mind, I literally saw my dog as my ego. Yeah. But then afterwards, it changed it to where, like, it was this beautiful reminder of, like, in most ways, this is what my ego is doing. Like, it's a stupid, silly animal that is trying to protect me, and all it wants is my fucking approval. Yeah. All it wants is my approval. And it's full of desires. Yeah. Full of, he wants to eat, and he wants to chase things. Yeah. But that's it. Like, it is this simple he being. He wants to fight. fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wants like, to fight. He goes yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants to fight and he wants <laughs> to protect. But so much of it is about protecting me, which yeah, in yeah. that scenario is the soul the or the consciousness. consciousness yeah. Or um, I like to call it loving awareness. So to, to kind of, when people start on the journey of, I, I think mostly it starts as a journey of health or the avoidance of suffering. How can I not suffer so much? Yeah. It's okay, whatever way you approach it. But as you get down into it more and more, you always end up in the same spot where you discover who you're not. You are not your ego. You yeah. are not your body. You're not your thoughts. You're not your fucking desires. Yeah. So you don't constantly have to entertain any of those if you don't want to because you are beneath and out of all of that. You are the one constant in the, in the whole scenario. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a very trippy concept. Until you're there. When you're there, you're like, oh my God, this is nice, man. Yeah. This is nice. Dude, I didn't tell you this. Uh, um, you've still been meditating, right? Mm -hmm. um, this is like, it's, it's been years. I've been wanting to try it. I struggle in and out. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try TM. You know, do you know of the transcendental meditation? Not specifically. 
So it's it's a pretty well known. Uh, I think it's the most common, but I, I don't actually know because oh, I just oh, read so about it. it. Okay. Yeah, but I, I read about it and didn't dive into what it actually. So it's like the method. It's it's more of a it's not a mindfulness meditation. It's uh, more of like I think, dude. I'm speaking from the outside. Okay. I'm gonna actually Go learn it tomorrow, but uh, um, it's more of like. You, you create a mantra and you get into a more like trans like state or some sort of state where it's like a state where your body uh, repairs, relaxes, but your, your mind's awake. Um, mm -hmm. And my buddy David turned me in, onto it. Oh, did he meet me? Yes. He's uh, when I first met you at uh, Sturman's, uh, he was showing us a uh, like Facebook. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. He's one of my best friends. Okay. So he turned me onto it, and this was years ago. And I'm like, dude, I kind of want to try it, but I've just been like resisting. And it's like one of those things, like it finds you. Like I'm like, dude, I think I'm ready. Yeah. And um, I, because I've constantly struggled with trying it. So I'll let you know how it goes. So but... do you under do you are you aware of what your resistance is? You I don't don't know. <laughs> you I don't want to hit it like that. It'll just break it to pieces. <laughs> Here, relight it. Hold on. Here's the thing. If I had a, if I had a good ashtray, I would be up, I wouldn't dude. be like hitting it so hard. You're like bam, bam. Uh, I know nothing about this. You're adorable. Adorable. Dude, I feel like such a pussy when I'm like smoking a cigar, especially around people that smoke cigars, because I'm just like. It's like what? Do you surf? Do you surf? I surfed thrice. <laughs> okay, so you look like that surfing too. Yeah, yeah. But it's really fun. Like if you've surfed for a while, you can get like the hottest chick on land on a surfboard and you're like, oh, that is hilarious. Like yeah. that bitch looks goofy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. Uh, or the girls that are on surfboard are the hottest girls when they on know what land they're doing, and on surfboards. When they know they what they're doing, they are the hottest girls is, on the planet. Oh my God. So when I was at so really quick, caveat i was in bali like second time surfing or first time whatever i'm swimming out and i'm like just watching these girls like swim by me it's, like incredible features. because their butts Asses, just like is just, just like that <sighs> and then like they swim past me and then stand up and i was like oh my god and yeah. i that's one of those things where like you don't stand a chance with these women 100%. because they're only into surfing and they're also super confident yeah and I'm like, and this is where I'm like the most vulnerable in my life. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're floundering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're pale. You don't know how to paddle. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, so resistance. Uh, um, have you identified resistance to meditation? No, I. Uh, this is a good topic because I, I, I resist most things for way too long, and I don't know why like so like i know i've known i needed it for years i've like everyone that i follow recommends it it'll benefit your life it like really helps me succeed or it really helps me be grounded it really helps relieve stress it really helps me be spirit all of the the pluses and yet for some reason it's like and i'll get i'll get these like moments where i sit in the chair i'm like oh, i feel pretty good and then for some reason I stop and I'm like, well, dude, why am I stopping? So I have not yet identified identified. So why, why are you stopping? I don't know. Come on, man. You're in there. Dude, I'm I'm gonna do this one. I'm a tr <laughs> I do think that there might be certain ones that don't resonate with people.
because certain I ones. What do you mean? Meditation, meditation methods? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's oh, multiple okay. different like. Yeah, there's a lot of methods. Yeah, so I think that like because I tried like Sam Harris, uh, like a little bit. Maybe it's just me, but no, it's not just you. It has to do with what your mind is trying to do with sure. it. So your mind has. It's likely your mind has maybe an expectation of what's right. supposed to occur. Right. But in meditation, you're, the whole point is to, to let go of that expectation. Sure. And honestly, to not do it with any particular outcome in mind, and maybe no outcome whatsoever, and maybe nothing fucking happens. But the reality is that shit is going to happen. Right. And it's, I have resistance, in, let me start. I used to have a lot resistance every single time. Yeah. And it was fear. It was fear of what I might see, yeah. what I might experience about myself, and not how not long did want that to last? About. Like, like how long did that resistance last? Like, I will say, during those, I was dabbling. Let's say I was dabbling for six years. See, I think I've been dabbling. Yeah, I've been dab. I dabbled. Yeah. But I, I, I talked to my ther therapist about it. She was fucking wonderful. I miss her a lot. But she was, um, little. Cute little lady, probably 65, 70. Did she pass? No, she just quit. <laughs> that was she so just quit. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't know at this point. I haven't, I haven't talked to her, but she was super healthy uh, God like rest her four soul. years ago. <laughs> Chris Newkirk, if you're watching. Shout out to Chris. <laughs> Shout out to Chris. <laughs> but she was, she was incredibly experienced, had a PhD. And had awareness of spirituality yeah. and psychedelics and like the whole package, right? Yeah. So I remember telling her like, why do you like why do we feel resistance every time we try to be still? And she was like, you don't. Not everybody feels resistance, and and you won't always feel resistance. But at that point, I assumed that it was just the case for everybody, where yeah. nobody really wanted to do it, but they're like, well, I have to do this, like working out. Like, That's how I feel. Yeah. But you hit a point where the, you start to, just like working out, where you start to recognize the reward. Yeah. You're like, okay, I can accept this. Yeah. So my approach a lot of times, like, I'll sit down sometimes and I'll be like, I'm really distracted. I don't want to be doing this. And I tell myself, hey, all you have to do, you have to do nothing for 20 minutes but yeah. sit here and watch your thoughts. So just do that and, and let it go and see what happens. So if we're going to uh, co um, compare meditation to working out, because mm -hmm. I really like working out. Mm -hmm. um, I've been doing it for a decade. I mean, I no results, but, <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> um, but so, so to that end, the reasons I don't work out isn't because I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym. I'm like, I have too much to do. Mm -hmm. So it's always a time thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's like because I – because I love a time working thing, out. though, and not to not to put you down in any way, but it's not a I time thing. Down. But because we have, I'm ignoring you. We <laughs> we have as much time as anybody else. We just choose yeah. to use it for sure. one thing or another. That's all it is. It's like, I I still use the term like, well, I didn't have time to do that. But what I really mean is, I didn't prioritize that, yeah. or I didn't have the energy for that. Because yeah. sometimes it's an energy thing, not a time thing. And I feel like what I'm hoping to embrace with meditation is you don't even need the energy for it. You don't. That's like, cause I, because I do need the energy to uh, work, to work out. out. Like for yeah. sure. Like I, 
but that's not my hang up with working out. Like, I love it, but the reasons I don't is always like, ah, fuck, dude, I gotta get a bunch of shit done. I'm probably not gonna do it today, whatever, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But I am, I am really looking forward to this next chapter because I do think I've been dabbling for five years. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think that I'm like on the cusp oh. of discovering a really, really good like thing that really enhances my life that just becomes like second part nature of of, yeah a part of and, it yeah and i i'm asking you because i mean I, I feel like you're about there or you are there like, yeah i am in, in sort of i am we, in that i don't have resistance to anymore uh, I, I really look forward to it like i'm gonna it's almost like hey i get to I don't know. I get to get in that jacuzzi for 20 minutes. Yeah. Like you really look forward to it. Ah, that's what I need. I need a jacuzzi, and then I would. Not be a cold this. plunge. <laughs> but that's a, that's a different thing. Do you want a cold plunge? No. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. either. No. Dude, when you said that thing to me, uh, you were like, "So you get in the cold plunge, but you won't sit in a chair and do nothing." That's baffling to me. I know. Because it is baffling to me. It's so much more difficult. It is. It is obnoxious. So here's what happened with uh, meditation and how it relates to my spiritual progression or progression in consciousness. Um, I've had a few paradigm shifts in life, right? The first one was going to college where I realized I was really insecure in high school and really trapped by the ego and and always thinking about myself and worrying about other people's judgment because I was so heavily judging myself. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I get a I get a redo in college. And I was still really um I was still really religious, but I realized at that point that I was like there's some something fundamentally flawed about my perspective. Now I don't feel like God doesn't exist, but I feel like the way that I was taught about God and how to behave is wrong. And you, uh, just to clarify, you did grow up very Bible religious, right? Like, like yes. Christianity. I wouldn't say, um, I believe we, we, we believed in like, I think we believed in a literal seven day creation. Did you guys go to church? Yeah. Okay. Um, like, like a, like a, an average amount, like a. Sunday when I was young, like, young, okay. it was every Sunday, every, okay. it was like a big deal. Because yeah, yeah. my parents converted to Christianity from nothing in their 20s. Okay. So they were so new to it that yeah. they went really fundamentalist yeah, really yeah. quick. Um, so, but I just, I was like, there's something so off about the Jesus that I read about, even in the Gospels, and all the... Um, judgment and behavior orientation that the church is telling me like it's not telling me to be the individual that god created it's telling me to be a mirror of whatever the church says i'm supposed to be so just like fucking tears your heart out right because you everything about you is wrong because i'm like i'm not that so going to college i realized i could be whatever i wanted and i was like what i want is i want to know the truth and I'm willing to let go of all of this bullshit. So I communicate. It was the first time when I really communicated directly with God and said, who are you and what's going on? And I don't care what the answer is. Did she commu- communicate back at that point? <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> uh, yeah, they did. They, okay. they, I mean, 
Yeah. It was this period of grace where I felt like I kept pushing the envelope, the what I what yeah. my envelope yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was like fucking nothing. All right. I kept pushing it and being like, well, do you love me now? And it was just like this period of grace and yeah. mercy and compassion. And there, I needed it. There was just, there was something that happened. Then it fell apart. I felt whatever that was lift. Yeah. And I went through a long, what I call an existential depression. A long, a long, and that's where my marriage happened, was in the middle of that, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, this is what, like, college years into, like, late 20s? or Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I was in uh, Panama. I was in Panama on a hilltop by myself in a hammock. And alone. And I didn't speak enough Spanish to communicate, so I felt, like, really secluded. I thought you had, like, another Spanish boy in the hammock with you. Moving on. <laughs> uh So I realized I was so fucking angry. I was <laughs> so fucking angry that I was, I was demanding all these answers from the universe. Yeah. They weren't. It wasn't. No. No answers. Right. Yeah. Apparently, when you're demanding and when you are demanding that, like, I didn't ask to be born, depression, all kinds right, of right. shit, it doesn't work. It doesn't work well. Yeah. So it's like, okay, this isn't working. The only thing I can do is just let go of being angry and just be done with that because yeah. it's not producing results so I let go so that was a good that was that was a paradigm shift um, lots of seeking lots of change went to New York City as a photographer <clears throat> so sorry because uh, I remember when you went I didn't know you then but mm -hmm. I remember when you went to uh, New York so this is In before like, then this is all before that okay, oh yeah. for sure and this was that time in Panama, that was before I got divorced. So that was probably oh. 26, 27 yeah, 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 years old, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then moved in with my parents. I had leishmaniasis, a oh. rare flesh-eating parasite. I had hepatitis A. Living with my parents, going through a divorce in Emmett. Oof. On top of all of that Emmett. <laughs> but... My parents had a beautiful house, yeah. and they were really supportive too. So that was nice. But Wait, yeah, so your parents like, didn't live over here at the time. No. Oh, okay. Nope. Okay. They moved from that spot in Emmett. Shit. Okay. They lost it in the downturn in in '08. They lost that oh. place, and then I think they rented okay a couple places yeah. in Emmett, and then moved over here and rented. So when rented I met that place. your brother, it was probably 2012. And they were still renting that place. They hadn't okay. bought it yet. Guy. Yeah. Guy. So. The common denominator through it all is that I really wanted to know what was true. Right. And that's a hard, like, what's fucking true about the universe? Like, that's the ultimate question. It's a big one, but that was always at the forefront. And there was a lot of dysfunction and all kinds yeah, of yeah. stuff going on through it all. But, um, so, I'm in New York. Same thing, where I realized that my career is not really why I'm there. I'm there to learn things through my career and through my geographic location. Yeah. And I am. Um, my mom and gave me a book. you were doing like, photography there at the time. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. But barely hanging in there. Like, and I think it was so... Like now I can look back and see the perfection of it. It was, I made just enough to hang in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. For fucking years. Isn't that what everyone in New York does? Just enough to hang in there. There are those rare few. Well, actually, no, because most 
either burn out in the first year or do out. pretty well after a couple yeah. years. Or they live there their whole life. Or yeah, that's yeah. a different scenario yeah. where you have like parental support and stuff like that. Sure. Or the trust fund babies that just, they don't give a shit. Yeah. So just, just skimming the surface of survival. And uh, what I could afford to do was go down to the Dominican Republic. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm trying to relight it again. <laughs> oh my god I'm crying because of the story not because of the <laughs> oh shit sorry do you shut up re- do you need to relight that? no I, mean, I was trying to relight it you do I need see- to relight it I was trying to relight it by re-smoking it here 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 I got you baby thank you will you get it wet as well? I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not going to moisten it with my mouth right now, but... Yes. No, so that's what I was trying to do real quick, was, like, relight it by pulling it a bunch, and then I made myself cry. God, this is a professional. That's pretty good. No, I like this one. Good. Um, I know you remember your first cigar. I'm going to use that. I fucking do. <laughs> I do remember my first cigar. Okay, I'll ask you I have a tattoo later, to my leg. But... Oh, nice. It's not my first. Anyway. Uh, so my mom gave me this book called Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Have you read it? Yes. I tried to read it. And, I, and this is what, actually this helps me have um, mercy, compassion, understanding for people that I recommend something to like, that really strikes me. you got to listen to this. And they're like, eh. Like, yeah. And it helps because the first time I tried to read that, I was like, I can't, I hate this. That's wild. And the funny part is I hated it because it was so poorly written. I hated it because of his language, not because of what he was saying. And the irony was that I had to let go of that part of my ego that only read well-written books in order to get into this thing that was so fucking rich and beautiful and true. So you were like this. I was. I was. (laughs) I was because the way that I felt was like what you do in life is you continue to create deeper and deeper preferences. And that makes you, I don't know, refined, intelligent. I don't know. But that book, it set me on the opposite course where I realized, oh, so it was like two years later. And... I could afford to weasel my way down to the Dominican Republic because it was a straight shot and it was usually like a 250 round trip ticket. Yeah. I'd have a backpack and I'll go down there and I'll take the bus and I'll travel the DR. And I probably did it five or six times in a couple years or whatever. Was this while you were living in New York? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's, you know, because it's like a, I feel like it's like a three hour yeah. direct flight from New yeah, York, yeah. from yeah. Uh, yeah. LaGuardia. So it was just like, it was one thing that I could afford to do to break up the horrid monotony of wintertime in New York City. Yeah. Like, it was just, especially poor. Like, I can't fucking do anything. I can't go to a restaurant. I can't go to a bar. I can barely get a coffee. I'm stuck in this tiny room in in Bed-Stuy. So uh, I took that book with me and I tried to read it again. And I think it was ultimately the first time in my life that I just shut the fuck up and listened without judgment. I think that's the key is like, we can listen and see what's going on, but then we immediately meet it with, with judgment yeah, of some yeah. kind and yeah. try to change it, right? Uh, so it was the first time as a result of reading that, I'm like, I have to look past this bad writing, 
No offense, Michael Singer, because I'm sure you're watching. I have to look past this bad writing. I love you. I love him to death. No, I know. Like, literally, in my meditations, I'm like, Michael Singer, I honor you. He played a massive role in my life, Well, we're going to... We're going for it. I want to go really, really bad. No, you're going to... Before he leaves his body. We're going to go. Yeah. We've talked about this. Continue. Sorry. So, sitting on this beach, uh, in this town on the coast, it's, it's, uh, south of Barona, if people know the DR, but it's this little town. I met the family there. Um, the, the mom or the grandma would come down in the morning and cook me breakfast on the beach. That's it was really like cute. a beautiful, and this family, I didn't speak enough Spanish to like have full conversations. We would literally like sit on the porch together and just like, it'd be the grandma, the mom, bunch of kids, everybody's running around. And they were, oh, dude. So I'm sitting on the beach and I'm like, holy shit, I feel at every moment, every second of my life, I feel a low hum of fear. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Always, always, because I'd never paid attention before. It's almost like a sound that's so constant that you never. So you were shutting it like out the AC running. Like we haven't heard it yet. Which one? I'm getting. Oh, it's theirs. Hopefully they don't hear it. So. Uh, it was that was my, like this aha moment of like. Oh, I've been doing this exactly wrong in my intention. I need to deconstruct my ego and let go of all this bullshit because it gets in the way of me experiencing the fullness of life. So if I want to experience the fullness of life, I continue every moment to let go of my preferences, of my desires, of the resistance to negative feelings. And that one in particular is one that I keep running into is I always initially resist a negative feeling. Yeah. Did you ever uh, deconstruct why, like, that, so once you discovered fear, did you just discover, like, why you were afraid or, uh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, well, one of the things I discovered was that it wasn't as important to discover why something was happening if you're able to let go of it without that need. I I do think there's a place, because we are fully human in form with minds and there's a place for psychology for sure yeah um i think typically with like um, specific traumas and stuff like that but this wasn't about that this was just about this low hum of uncertainty and maybe self-doubt and uh i have to keep trying to control everything Uh, or it's all going to fall apart uh, and then to feel like oh my god it's not going to fall apart it's if I let go, the universe will take better care of me than I can take care of myself. And since I read that book, which was probably eight years ago, I feel like I'm just now really grasping that concept. Like, knowing it. Yeah. Dude, that's wild. Yeah. That was eight years ago when you discovered that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just for timeline. So you were still in New York. Mm-hmm. You discovered that then. Mm-hmm. Then how long did it take, like, till you moved back? Because you were still in New York a while, right? Yeah, I moved back to Boise in March of 2020. So, got oh, married. You yeah. moved in March? Yeah. That's like height of COVID, right? Yes. I think yeah. I brought it here. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm a little concerned. Dude, I had a f- few people that told me that I brought it here, so. 
So I got married in 2019 in December. And uh, so at that time, and so even you met her in uh, New York then? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. So even at that, at that time and before, she, fortunately, she had presented the idea of like, what if we moved to Boise? Um, we were both, I think, pretty burned out. She was burned out because she felt like she had achieved what she went to New York to do. And it turned out it didn't mean shit. And she was exhausted. And she made great money, but she didn't care. It didn't do anything yeah. for quality of life. Um, and I was fucking done too. Like, and then so, so then COVID hit in March. We were gonna move in the summer probably, and then COVID hit. All my work that I had scheduled was gone. Yeah. And it was such a weird, as they said over and over, unprecedented time. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they're literally going to shut down the bridges and just quarantine us on, on, on the island and not let anybody leave. Yeah. So let's fucking go. So we drove across the country. It's like Dark Knight Rises. We had, uh, we had a going away party. <laughs> I don't know why I quoted that. Because it turned into like, uh, like a, a Molly party, cuddle fest. Molly. <laughs> <laughs> And it was so much fun, but we all got COVID. It, we <laughs> all got COVID, right? How many of you died? Nobody died. Fuck yeah. That's what we want. I actually don't know if I, I don't know if anybody, I don't think anybody even got really sick from that first case there. Um, great night, but I think there were 10 of us there. Anyway, so then we started driving, I want to say two days after that. And the morning I woke up, to start driving with a dog, two cats, and a trailer. I was like, man, I don't feel great. Wait, you drove the, the, on drove. the Molly calm down? Two days later. Okay, I was going to say, that's later. impressive to do a. I also don't really have do a calm down. Uh, you don't do enough Molly. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do the correct amount of Molly, cost benefit ratio wise. Do, do you read that on the back of the label or what? <laughs> uh, I've only done Molly maybe six times. That's why. Yeah. So. So. Anyway, so so we start the drive and I. I'm stressed out of my mind. I haven't slept. We just packed a trailer with our apartment. I've never driven with a trailer. So there we go across the country. So I'm like, well, it kind of makes sense that I feel run down. Yeah. Three days into the drive, and I feel like that's our last day or second to last day. Alex is like, Tank, Tank just farted and it smells fucking terrible. I'm like, I can't smell anything. Like anything. <laughs> and then I started to think, I was like, oh, I can't smell anything. Yeah. I was like, oh. Do you lose your fuck. taste too? Um, yeah. Yeah. I could taste, you know, dominant, like salt. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then we had to figure out, because we were going to move back, we were going to move into my sister and brother-in-law's place they have four kids yeah so we're eight hours out and we're making calls and we're like where are we gonna go we got covid bro. we got covid yeah, yeah, like yeah. where are we gonna go so my uncle was living with my parents my uncle moved out into an airbnb no my uncle moved back to baltimore my parents moved into the airbnb that he was renting we moved into their house for a few days they needed their house back some acquaintance on Facebook and I fuck I forgot her name 
But she was like, my parents own a cabin in Garden Valley. You can go quarantine in that. So we literally got to quarantine in this beautiful cabin in Garden Valley dope. from some people we didn't know and had wow. never met. Hot tub, the whole deal. God, it hot was tubs fucking are wonderful. coming up a lot in your life. <laughs> have you been manifesting hot tubs? No, it's because we have one in our new place. <laughs> I really like it. Okay, dude, I got to piss. I'm sure you do. <sighs> this, this whole question was about how I shifted from resistance to meditation to uh, looking forward to it, or whatever. Um, so once we moved here, that was a slow progression. There was no like distinctive event, but I just got more and more curious um, and I, you know, I was reading more books. Oh, here's the, here's the two. I had two paradigm shifts in the last year and a half. <coughs> You're an animal. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Did you inhale it? No, I was trying to relight it. All right. Didn't work. No. I was, I didn't know if it was. Well, I want to relight mine. Okay. Okay. Yes. Because we were on the track of, uh, paradigm shifts. So yes, continue. I cannot recommend this book enough, but even so, I've recommended it to people that have been meh about it. So it's just... You're talking a, about Untethered Soul. No, no, no. The book about, I'm about to mention. We I already read, know. I read the book Letting Go by David Hawkins. Love it. This is the first yeah. one that you yeah, ever yeah, recommended yeah. Yes. to me. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So most... And I recommend it all the time because I feel like the concept itself and how he approaches it and unpacks it is so fucking fundamental so to human existence. Changed my life. The book, the the concept of letting go, which sounds very simple, but in practice, it's not as no. simple or not as easy. It's simple but difficult, right? Yeah. It is. So that that's the difference. So um, s simple does not mean easy. Simple is like basic, mm -hmm. but like simple is love everyone and tell the truth. Right. But that doesn't mean easy. Mm -hmm. Same with like the way I would recommend it is like it's simple. Do seven hundred push-ups. That is simple. Mm -hmm. Those are simple things. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that seven hundred push-ups are easy. Yeah. So it's that's the difference. So I feel I like it's similar in that way. It's also so contrary to our general human conditioning and then our specific cultural conditioning. Yes. Our culture is like control everything you can possibly fucking control. Yeah. And then maybe you'll be happy when you retire. I don't yeah. know what the end game is there, but no. everything is about control. Yeah. Letting go is the opposite where you're acknowledging what's true. I feel uh, especially the shitty, like for me, jealousy is one of the shittiest emotions because it's so small and so like it's like gross right so to go ahead and look at jealousy and not try to change it yeah and just feel it and allow it and then you find that it passes yeah and it's not something that you have to interact with it's almost like a bully on the subway oh. you just let it pass through and then it's done but if you engage with that bully you're in it dude like right. then you're fully engaged and whatever happens, happens. But yeah. 
Um, so I read Letting Go when we were uh, traveling through Europe, and it was um, the, I mean, we're traveling through Germany and Switzerland. This and, is before you moved back? <clears throat> Sorry. This time, is, time no, line. thank you. Yeah. Uh, this is a year ago. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, because we were in Munich for um, Oktoberfest. Yeah, so you, guys, so you guys moved back already, and then you went, and then, okay. Yeah. Got you. There's more life stuff to sure, that, sure. but it's less relevant, right? I um, want to know every detail. It's less relevant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're talking about, like, pivotal shifts. Yeah. Just the pivotal, yeah. Uh, there's material shifts that were really substantial sure. as a result of the inner shifts, but and good people. Um, but I got to read that book at a time when I had, it was a luxury. It was, I was just in nice hotel rooms on beaches in Spain and shit. So it was this, such a classic, <laughs> such a classic, just <laughs> on a spiritual journey, baby. I just feel my <laughs> spiritual journey on this beach. <laughs> Me and my wife. Uh, it and... wasn't my wife. It was actually my, my good buddy, Mark Chicarello. Yeah. <laughs> It's just the twos of us. Like I said, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So reading that book. Uh, yeah. Oh, so I think I think like there's. Um, <laughs> I feel like there's debates about is it better? You know how like some. I don't know. A Buddhist monk goes into a cave. Like people are like, well, what good is that doing? But I think we need those times in the cave. We need those times outside of the normal, our normal behavior patterns, yeah. right? Because we get to address things in a different way, and we yeah. have a space to do that. So I think that this was kind of that space, and then I could bring that knowledge and clarity back into the normal yeah, routine yeah. of things. Hugely transformative. Yeah. Just like it was for you, right? It's very much so. Very Question, much how, so. how do you feel like, do you feel like some of what you learned, you, it's uh, like second nature at this point? No, I do Still not. Still intentional? I, yes. So just how you talked about how when you read Michael Singer eight years ago, it's just now coming through. Mm -hmm. I think that I'm still on that process of mm -hmm. coming through. Like I read that book because of you mm -hmm. and thank you, mm -hmm. but it's still a process. Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't know, uh, I haven't shown you my mirror, but I have it bold on my mirror, let go. I look at it every day. Like, and it's, it's still like a, a little bit of a battle. Because I, Is like, it difficult you're like, to remember to do it? It's, well, so here's the thing uh, for me is like, I'll read something this is how I go with all books and uh, some books are more important or some like teachings I guess I don't want to say books but like yeah. a, like a yeah, yeah, concept yeah. Yeah. is really important but then it's important in that moment and then I start to forget and that's why I, that's why I wrote that one specifically on my mirror I think that's and brilliant then, do you know okay so do what? you know that, that this, <laughs> you have this, this like mischievous look? Like, oh. <laughs> Do you know Samantha? <laughs> I am about to tell you something really mischievous. Okay, that look is really stupid. Actually, uh, Joe got let go on his wrist. Have you seen this, Joseph Lau? Yeah. No. 
Did he read that book? Yes, he just started because of you. Oh man, I love. Got it right that here, works, dude. And I, I was okay. So and I like I was like I need that constant reminder. And so I was like, mm. dude, can I copy your tattoo? So I'm gonna get a tattoo right here. I might too, dude. I don't give a shit. I'm dude, on the I want wagon, you. baby. Dude, oh yeah, I got space. Yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah. you you don't have a lot of space. You oh. have space, dude. I I I literally asked him. So we went to uh, mm. like we went to dinner, and he showed me. He's like, and I was like, dude, are you reading the book? He's like, yeah, Dan showed me. I was like, hell yeah. And I was like, who got it? Uh, like, or who tattooed you? I want the exact like. First off, I asked because I was like, "Dude, I sound like a copycat, but can I copy your tattoo?" And he's like, "Yeah, of course you can." Yeah. So I was like, "So I'm gonna get it like right here." Oh, I just saw him last night, and he he was busy, but he didn't mention it. No, dude. Uh, yeah. Awesome, so he it's, it's just like uh, it's just like type. It's just like I type think writing. that's great. Let I have go. no so I have no letters on me. So okay. I I'm more into lettering. Um, so I had like, cause I want to do like, I, I like certain, I like art, but I also want certain things to remind me of things. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I want it somewhere I can see. I want to see this. And I already have a concept. Um, I don't know if I've told you about this, but I want gratitude and acceptance. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, gratitude and presence. So I, I wanted something on this hand of presence and I mm -hmm. wanted something on this hand of gratitude. So I still am trying to figure out like what I want to put like on this, those hands because mm -hmm. hands are like a big deal. But regardless, mm -hmm. as soon as he he showed me this, I was like, dude, please let me copy you. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, of course. And I'm like, dope. Okay, that I want that because I I want the, the his concept is like I want to see it every day. Like because if you have a tattoo mm -hmm. here, you don't see it every day, right? Mm -hmm. So. I want something in this area of myself where I see things. I want them to be important to me, not to anyone else. Like I, I really like all my other tattoos, but I want like I want the things that I see the most to remind me of the most things that I like really feel passionate about. So mm -hmm. anyway, yeah, no, I'm gonna that's... get a little letting go tattoo. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Yeah, I just started the book and I'm like, I really need this. I also think that the first half of that book is the most valuable. I literally last week just listened to the first, you know, they're like short chapters, yep. right? I listened to the first like five, like the fundamentals yeah. of letting go. And I'm like, oh my God, yes. Because I found myself resisting uh, emotions yeah. more. So and, for uh, anyone listening, the book Letting Go by, do you know? Uh, David Hawkins. Okay. So I would highly recommend it. Like, like, please do yourself a favor and listen to yeah. it. Um, and I, this was a book that I really wanted to read again, but I have already suggested it to a couple of people. Like, but you were the first person that turned me on to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know I'm what's funny get... is I'd never heard of it. I was in Salt Lake City doing a photo shoot for this woman, and she recommended it. It's just weird how these things, how um, knowledge cycles like that, like yeah. the ripple effect. And when somebody fucking gets it, they really get it. Okay, let me ask you a question. Um, so do you think, uh, I know we haven't talked about this on this, but given your experiences with psychedelics, especially a recent one, do you think that there is a greater, like, do you think there is a reason why you experienced it when you did or a reason why 
you were introduced to this the way the way and how you did or the reason why like I showed like you showed me this and it was because it came at a time when I needed it mm -hmm. and so like this makes this is some of that uh woo woo that I resisted because mm -hmm. I left religion I'm like dude I think I needed this at this time and me and Dan started having these conversations right when I fucking needed it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so do you think that there is like, is that, is that like a, like a greater push for like, you needed that at a time or is this all, I think, well, that, I don't mean to say that it's like all or nothing, but. Well, no, I think, I think that people really like to say, some people really like to say, well, everything happens for a reason. Sure. And in a lot of ways, You know what's weird about getting deep into spirituality is there are so many paradoxes because you can believe one thing and then this opposite thing, but they're both actually true. Yeah. And during my DMT trip, I experienced simultaneous predestination and free will. I was yeah. like, now that makes sense because if you're looking at it from outside of time, then it fucking works because you're not in time, but we cannot conceptualize maybe without deep, deep meditation or psychedelics, there are ways to get there or near-death experiences. Sure. Then you get into this, you get to the other side of the veil where you're like, oh, fuck, that's actually really simple. Yeah. But it's not in a way that you can convince anybody because it's not something that you've worked out in yeah, your mind. Yeah. It's something that you've experienced. Right. So in that way, I think that things happen when they need to happen. Yeah. And I tell that to people that maybe uh, don't click with whatever methodology yeah, that yeah. I might work for me. I'm like, well, right. the right thing at the wrong time is just still the wrong thing. Right. Like, and that's fine. Yeah. You will do this when you're fucking ready. It's the same, like, I talked to my wife about her um, spiritual progression or, you know, you'll get there when you're ready. Like, we are too fundamentally different human beings yeah. that are responding differently to our environment. So it's okay that you're not responding in the same way that I am to this information. You're going to respond when you're ready in the way that you're ready to respond. And it's the same with you with meditation. Yeah. When you're ready, you'll be like, oh, you'll just be like, oh, I'm, I'm ready. And that might mean you still experience resistance. Yeah. But you're like, oh, I'm ready to work through that. You know? uh. um, So, speaking of this conversation, so uh, I have fallen. I I I didn't. Um, I've fallen in love with Michael Singer and everything he represents. Mm -hmm. And I actually read um, the Surrender Experiment before I ever met you. Like, in and that person. was my last shift, which made me realizing realize that I was only dabbling, like. I was only dipping my toes in spirituality, yeah. but really wanted to maintain most control. After I read that book, I was like, I'm fucking going for it. Yeah. And the degree of growth that has occurred in the last six months is fucking outstanding. And I have seen that with you. Jesus so, Christ. And I, I, uh, so when we first talked about this book was easily before six months ago. Yeah. Right. So like that was like when you first read. So the, so Michael Singer, who wrote The Untethered Soul is a book about dealing with 
the chatter in your head basically is is like that's the book that you were talking about where you're like i can't get past the writing right yeah you know so i am not a gifted writer but, but the I, concepts are fucking but i actually so i had a very different experience with that book because i had read the power of now by eckhart tolle mm -hmm. and i struggled with it and I, I i like the concepts yeah i like the uh, like so for the for anyone who's not uh who doesn't understand the power of now for the 10 people that are listening to this at this point Mom. Uh, yeah i always assume that there's probably only like 10 to 15 people that go through this entire podcast so and i'd oh, be impressed yeah <laughs> me too good you have like good for you patience good and perseverance but yeah so i uh um when the power of now the first time i read it couldn't do it left yep. it for a couple of years and that was my struggle like i think the concepts are brilliant I went back and I started to understand it more. And Joe and I had actually talked about this book a lot because we resonated on Eckhart Tolle and The Power of Now. And it still was a hard concept to grasp, mm -hmm. you know, like the way he talks. And he is a brilliant, like, person, but I couldn't understand how he was explaining the ego and past and future, et cetera. Yeah. So when Michael, when I read Untethered Soul, it felt like a down-to-earth kind of American version of what, like these spiritual concepts. Which is why it's a New York he, Times bestseller yes, because it's he palatable. broke it down. It's palatable. And, and I was just like, oh, and he's quirky. He's a little silly. He's funny. It. And I was just like, now I get it. And I was able to understand those concepts broken down. Look, I explained it as my dumb brain. I was like, I don't know these things and, and and he was able to break it down really simply it's like yeah there was there's the ego and it's think about the chatter think about like blah 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 and the, one of the things that was stuck with me in the book he's just like you, you ever see that guy like walking down the street and he's like talking he's like we all do that we just don't say it aloud and he i said was like he followed this person right as they were talking to themselves yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah. they're like if if they're talking aloud to themselves you think they're crazy yeah, yeah that's that's the, it's the that same crazy that's guy on. that's walking yeah. down the street talking to himself like ah, rah, 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 or blah 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 you're not this blah 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 like you're like all those chirps right mm -hmm. and he's like that's what we all do we all have that but it's in our brain and i was like oh okay so now i then i understood the ego like and i couldn't mm -hmm. understand it when uh, eckhart told totally uh like explained it mm -hmm. so my first experience with untethered soul was actually like easily acceptable and i was like yes mm -hmm. and so then when when you turned me on to the surrender experiment which is his life like kind of bio, like bio yeah i was like holy shit like and so um i am still in that process of like uh digesting what he said in his uh, so this is another michael singer book that i highly recommend it, so uh, this is something that i would recommend potentially is i think that i would recommend the um if i were to recommend somebody who doesn't really dabble with like what we're talking about i would actually suggest michael singer's the surrender experiment first and mm -hmm. then i would recommend letting go yeah i agree um, because, oh, yeah, okay, okay. because it's more of a, like a story, yeah. you know, like a lot of people can't read like a, a self-help that much. They're like, I don't, uh, you know, like it's, it's too much, but the surrender experiment is like a story. 
Yeah. It's like, a, like yeah. let me tell you about my life. And I really oh. like that. It's, it's more palatable for like a, a person who doesn't dabble yeah. with like this. Yeah. So I'm like, because I've, I've been recommending it to a couple of people. And I was like, dude, you should listen to Surrender Experiment. Because it's, it's actually an, an enjoyable just like, I, I do Audible, so I listen. Yeah. But like, just listen to it. You know, it's fun. It's, it's a fun read. It's like, it's fun. That's you, one of the first physical books I had read in a couple of years. Okay. And then after that, then I was like, oh, I'm going full steam. So I started reading a bunch. I started reading uh, Rumi. I've got the Bhagavad Gita that I'm reading. I'm like reading a bunch of shit. Yeah. Now. But um, that's hard to like jump into is. if you haven't because been it's into a practice. it. Like right. If you have, yeah. yeah, you're not just going to dive right into uh, uh, the inferno. You know what I mean? If yeah. you're not a reader. Like, um, what I want to ask is in the surrender experiment, what's right now the first thing that jumps out to you about that book that, that stuck with you? The, the thing that jumps out to me, at least right now, is the hardest part is actually surrendering. Mm -hmm. Because we have a, I have a narrative of what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think it is easier for me to shift because I have shifted a few times. And I think it's because, maybe it's because I'm a creative and I constantly... Part shift. of being a creative is adapting. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm like, ah, I wanted to try this. And then I yeah. get bored with something. I'm like, ah, it's not for me. Yeah. Like when I picked up the camera, I'm like, dude, I want to like really do this. And I, and I still do. I really, I do want to create cool shit. Mm -hmm. I wanna, like one of my goals in life is to potentially um, create like a small film, like do something like create an air. I like creating. But I still, like, what, I, what I've learned is, like, oh, well, I also have my music background. So I'm, like, I can create the score. I could, and I could direct. But I'm, like, do I need to be the most, um, the best, uh, what do you call the guy cinematographer. who hands the, uh, holds the camera? Cinematographer. DP, cinematographer. Yeah. So do I need to be that? No. But, like, I, I, maybe I would rather just step back and, like, hey, I have this idea, can you just make this happen, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then I'm like, dude, is that really what I like want to do or need to do? I don't know. And so I'm like, when I listened to Michael Singer's book, I was like, why don't you go for, go with the flow? Keep learning what you're doing. I really like learning what I'm doing. Like sure. keep learning the video stuff, keep learning the audio stuff, keep learning the stuff, but maybe you're not that person and this, like, obviously, this right now really resonates yeah. with me. Like conversations with people, getting getting like vulnerabilities out, etc. Maybe this isn't even the end goal. So like, it doesn't matter. Just let it go. Like so, like so, let go with, like, what if I'm doing this for a period, and then something else takes place? So the way that I've, the way that I'm phrasing that now in my own life, is I'm saying. Be as present and open-hearted as you possibly can and respond to your environment. Just respond. No. And because Michael Singer, he wanted to meditate in the woods in Florida by himself. That's what he wanted. But he had to get out of his own way. Yeah. And opportunities showed up that required him to actually push which was interesting do you remember when he needed a loan that construction loan mm -hmm. 
He went to 19 different banks. So he wasn't like just sitting back, but he was responding and his heart was open enough to where he understood like, okay, this is something that I feel like I need to do. So at the last bank, he's like, okay, well, if this last bank doesn't work, I'm going to take that as like, great job, but this is not the direction you need right, to right. go. And then he gets lucky and the president gives him a loan that he would never give anybody else. Yeah, and, yeah. and then his construction business takes yeah. off. So I think that's a misconception is like when you surrender, when you let go, you're just sitting around on your thumb. Like yeah. you're just not doing anything. And that's not the way it works. Yeah, like yeah. there are times when you're going to be really busy maybe, really fully engaged because that's what your incarnation needs at that time. Wow. You need to fully engage and yeah. you need to create something. So without, I mean, you, anyone who's listening should read the book, The Surrender Experiment. One of the things that I really liked about, so he, like, he realized that he's like, dude, I think I want to I wanna go into this, this plot of land in the woods mm-hmm. and meditate. That right? sounds like a dream to me right now, dude. So, so he goes into this plot of land and then he leaves for some reason. I think it was teaching or something. He was teaching. And then when he came back, people were building People just building on building his house without his permission. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. With that, like, that's not his words, but that's the, the yeah, vibe I got. He's just, like, what yeah. the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like, why are you doing this? So everything in him is just like, why are you doing this? Get the fuck. Like, no, so no, met, no, no. He met with resistance. He yeah. felt his resistance, but and he also. Then, and then he talked to them and they're just like, yeah, we just feel so called to, like, continue with this. And then he's just like, and so he's just like, so this opportunity was presented and he's like am i going to tell them no get out or am i gonna be like you know what okay allow it yeah and so that is and that that has to there has to be a balance because you can't say yes to everything at the core of it is awareness and a sensitivity to the universe Mm -hmm. which is the open-heartedness right you're going to be able not everybody just has an open heart that's intuitive like that but it can be developed yeah Ram Das said, start with whatever you do love and expand from there. Yeah. And you can develop that sensitivity, yeah. intuition, whatever it may be, that is like, because he knew enough to know that if he said no to these people, he was saying no to the universe. Right. And that was against his experiment of surrender. Yeah. And that is what I, what is beautiful about him uh, or mm. about this whole thing. It was like, he did commit to, I will say yes to the universe. Mm-hmm. And so it is fascinating to watch. And I'm not sure that I've said yes to this yes, but or yes, yes to everything that like is presented. But like I'm trying, and uh, it, I think this is like a process. Mm-hmm. But it is very magical because I like even since I read that book, I like I was just it, it gave me a sense of peace. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I think it's still working. That one's uh, I can see the red dot. Yeah. That's working. I heard a beep, so I just want to make sure it's going. Fuck yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's this sense of like, so this is what I, like, ever since this, that period, like, that I read the book and like all this, I'm like, you know what? Yes. And so I'll say yes to experience. And sometimes that experience doesn't work out. I'm like, okay, so what did But that's I... the thing is like, it's not about it working out. You're yeah. not saying yes to a particular outcome. Right. You're saying yes I'm going to put myself in this position and I'm going to allow whatever occurs to occur. 
And that's the hard part. It that's the hard really part. Hard. You have to let go of the outcome. Yeah. Dude, yeah, what? dude. Oh, it's fucking hard. It is really hard. Mm -hmm. I, uh... I think that you're probably farther along the journey than I am in this because you've been doing the craft. Like, so you've been a photographer for mm -hmm. what? 10 years, 12 years? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And 15. Yeah, when I talk to you now, you're like, doesn't matter if I ever shoot mm. again. And that, like, I don't even know if I'm like, I'm like, dude, I don't know if I can handle that. Like, I just, I, I put all of this heart and soul into this. How the fuck am I ever, well, like, what if that's not, like, let, just just go go with it. Mm. And and then if you were to talk to somebody, say say a, a person that is a father of four that decides to be like, okay, I'm going to listen to the universe. And then, and then they have to shift a career or, like, they're like, maybe this career isn't for you. Like, that is really hard, especially mm. when you have people rely. I think that that is a hang-up for a lot of people, like the stability mm. of how do I feed these kids or whatever, and then, okay, well, I'm just going to trust that, like, wherever the universe takes me. Mm -hmm. I could never advise someone um, when their decision might affect other people adversely. I could never advise that because that is so specific, yeah. that individual is responsible to respond to their heart, right? And sometimes, many times, people do such shitty things under the pretense of like, well, that's what my, where my heart led me. Eh, probably not, dude. Like, probably your dick led you to yeah. that. Or your, your, you know what I mean? Like, that's... Me. Yeah. My dick leads me to 90%. It wants to run the show, bud. <laughs> I does. know that, dude. It really does. Dude, it does. Yeah, man. Oh, no. But that's, you know, that's where if you're practicing, uh, I, am not, I am not my desire. I don't have to do everything my desire tells me to do. Yeah. I can use, like, use some wisdom in this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, think it, I think that's part of my move to New York. Actually, that was a huge part. Was like, I'm 30 years old, I'm single. This isn't gonna hurt anyone else for me to go to New York and crash and fail and live on a bench for a month before I get to go home and like live with my parents yeah. again, right? Um, I think if I had a wife, kids, anything else, it probably wouldn't have happened, you know? Sure. So one of my hangups <coughs> currently is. So I've been, this is something I'm stoked to talk to you about, was like the hang up of, I have this, I have this desire to, I'm like, I feel like I'm meant for something more and I want to achieve greatness. Why? Hear me out. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah, no, this is why I want to like, because yeah. I know you will like construct this. <laughs> but like, so I'm like, dude, I want to, I want to, I don't, I don't, I can't have kids. And so I will never be able to instill in the children what I want for the next generation. So I want to instill in, like I, like I lean into, like I want to mentor at some point in my life, whether it's now or whether it's in five years or 10 years. I want to set a path. I feel like calling too, actually. Yeah. So, 
I have this feeling of like I want to show um, whoever is like inspired by me or just like listens to me to show them something. But then I also feel the ego be like, but I also want to have, like, I want to, like, I want people to recognize me for who I am. I want people to think I'm funny. I want people to, like, recognize that I came from this and I went here, right? So there's, so balancing, like, what I, like, the ego wants and then what I, like, the truth of what I want. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's a very, it's, I don't know how to, like, I'm still navigating this path. Mm. And obviously, given what I'm doing right now, I am working hard on this, but I'm like, for what? Because I want, I believe that I can create a perspective that maybe isn't always heard. But then I'm like, is it because I want people to value what I'm saying? Or is it because mm. of my greater purpose of what I, like, want to show people mm -hmm. and so how do i check all of that ego and still push forward you certainly don't check it all at once it doesn't work that way right. um because i think i i think i think there are rare few people um like michael singer i think is a pretty good example where his ego uh, diminished or melted like pretty early on, but he f he did the work, dude. At the beginning, it was uh, he went through he was he had a fiance, went through a breakup. That was yeah. the whole beginning. Yeah, I think that a lot of times, what we feel called to do will actually act as a method for freedom yeah. from that part of our ego too, because. It's simultaneously uh, uh, something that will feed that ego as long as we let it. Yeah. But also kind of what we're meant to do. You know what I mean? I, I feel do. like it's so perfectly orchestrated that it's going to do both. So it's not... I, don't, I, I feel like it's a mistake to not continue along that path that you are inspired to go along. Uh, because your ego is involved and I think that's where meditation or mindfulness or mantra or you know, uh, reading whatever it may be comes into play because as long as you can continue to learn how to stay present in every moment yeah you'll know when that ego is cropping up and you'll be able to respond yeah, to that yeah. when it when it's happening that is that is a, a I think that I'm very early on this path and I think I have a, like a lot to learn on, mm -hmm. on my path. Um, <laughs> dude, there's this thing that Joe Rogan says when, uh, like, what, because he, like, came into fame, like, later on, like, did all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. But, like, he, like, as a, he's someone I look up to as a podcaster mm -hmm. and as, like, a, a conversationalist and, and I think he's done, the, uh, like, a lot of good in introducing all sorts of perspectives into the world right yep. so there was this something that was said where they're like how do you deal with like fame how do you deal with like you you were still so humble you're still so like blah blah he's like a lot of mushrooms <laughs> and i was like 
Yeah, maybe because like you are, have to you have to check your own ego, and the mushrooms do that. Like in a they lot, they bring of you ways. to a space where you understand how little shit matters on a certain level. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't matter. I also my perspective on fame, although I've never had it, is that it's a lot like buying a new car. Where when you first start driving that car, you are that car, and you're thinking about how everybody's looking at you in your new yeah. car. But then you have that car for six months, and you forget about the car, and it's yeah. something that gets you around. So. Right. I feel like fame, um, if somebody has any wisdom or grounding, can act like that a little yeah. bit. Where it's like, okay, that's old now. Yeah. Like, I resonate with, uh, have you ever heard Jim Carrey say? I love Jim Carrey so fucking much, dude. Yeah. I fucking love him. Dude, me too. Because the same thing where he's like, I'm really glad that I got this. I got where I am and realized that it doesn't mean anything. Yes. So that is the thing is like, and he says... I wish that everyone mm -hmm. could experience this mm -hmm. just so then they could realize that that's not enough and then they could realize, okay, so now, like, what am, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, where is mm. my... I feel like it's less about doing and more about, well, who am I? Okay. Does that make sense? I mean, it does to me, but it does... Actually, it doesn't to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I understand the concept. Have you ever watched the you, I Heart Huckabees? You and... No. But There's you and I talk about this, and it, it is a struggle. This is another struggle of mine. Okay, so it is because a struggle of like I want to I want to be doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're and and more of like the Buddhist sense, like no, we're being like we're just being. We are. Yes, exactly. We so, are. And that is that. There's those like disconnects where I'm like, fuck, man, I want to just are, but I also want to do. Yeah, and, yeah. And like yeah. Put, that push pull is still a struggle for me. Yeah. But I, yeah, um, I, and I think that he talks about it well. But when, when somebody else has already done it and done both, telling somebody who hasn't done both, you're like, I see that. I appreciate that. But I still haven't done both, so I don't know. See, for me, I've always, and this is not, um, it's not prideful anyway because it's not, it's just how I was made where I like to learn hard lessons from other people. Yeah. I don't want to have to learn all those hard lessons myself. Yeah. And if I can listen to other wise people and sure. avoid some suffering, I'm going to fucking do that. Now, his, he, he also said uh, that he hit a point where he realized, I am enough, uh, I've done enough. There's a third part to it. But I'm like, I love that. And I feel like we can live that right now. Yeah. And again, it doesn't stop us from doing other things. It stops us from feeling pressure or identification, personal identification with those things that we're doing. Yeah. They're just, uh, Ram Dass says like, we're here, we might as well take the curriculum. So like, that's, that's really all that is, is, is you don't have to do anything to be whole. Yeah. No external action is going to make you whole. You're fucking whole. Spending time in that place of fullness, that's where you want to be. Yeah. Then you're going to do fucking incredible things from that place of fullness, and they're just things that you've done, and they're great. Okay, let me ask you a question, because this is another thing I've, I've struggled with for years. So... There is, I've thought about this for 
easily a solid decade, but it's like I I've often asked people if you if money wasn't an issue, what would you do or what would you do with your day or like like how would you experience? So the problem with most people or like like our 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 human existence is okay. So if I'm not going to be doing anything. I still need to survive. So do I survive by planting seeds and growing crops? Do I survive by going to the factory and working and being completely happy? Or do I chase an art? Like what I'm like doing currently is chasing art to pay my bills. How does one uh, exist? How do I? Momo. <laughs> you can't even see him because he's like dark cat, black oh, cat. Oh shit! Momo's yeah, yeah, a black yeah. cat. Yeah. So what's the question? Are you asking? So I'm asking. Um, not that you have an answer, but like, so one of the things that as a creative, or as a person existing, like, okay, so I want to delve into just being, going with the flow, but I still have to pay my bills, and I still have to. Like, I wrestled with this for sure. Yeah, I, I think that that's most people. Like, like in general, like you're like, okay, dude, I want to dive into these spiritual concepts, or I want to, you know, I want to like, I want to make my art, whatever. That art doesn't put the bread on the table. So then, then you get put on the pressure of, well, you gotta fucking pay for shit. I gotta pay my rent. I gotta pay my bills. I gotta buy that food. And the, you know, like, so those are the questions now that I, like, I struggle with. And I think that a lot of people do. It's just like, but how do you still survive and still be? Oh, you know what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? No, I you know, do. There's like, multiple levels to this. One is. How do I pay for the cigar first off? You want to ash that off a little bit? It'll light better. Because otherwise, you have to literally melt all the ash. Luckily, we have a second there. cigar. Dude, these are really nice to like smoke this all the way down. Yeah. Shout out to Khan. These are really nice. Uh, initially, what you do is you do your best. You do your best to figure it out. Like, if you've gone far enough to recognize that staying present is valuable. You do your best because what's going to happen is as you stay, as you spend more time being present, you start to realize that there is no distinction between doing and being. There's no, you can be wholly and completely present. And I'm not saying that I'm in this state, but I know that it's true because of how far I've come. Yeah. Where I spend the majority of my time at this point in my life aware of my body and my breath Right now, during this conversation, I'm aware of my body. I'm aware of what my ego is doing. I'm aware of how I want to be seen. And as I'm speaking, I'm actually letting go of that. Speaking to your ego, you look phenomenal. Like, this lighting is nice. <laughs> oh, Josh. See, that's the last thing I want to think about, too. I know. It's like, I don't want, I don't care. I don't care. I'm just but you get to where you spend enough time in presence that you don't leave presence to do anything. You 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 know what? I went on a, I went camping by myself in June. 
be we're in the middle of packing to move to a new house. Yeah. And I was so stressed. I experienced my first introduction to panic attack. And there, there was just there was so much happening that I didn't have the capacity to keep letting go. It was all building. And I uh, I went I went uh, I went to the mountains by myself. It's me and me and Tank, my little ego. And uh, uh, the first day I did mushrooms, and that and I just meditated. And I'd never done that before, where I literally like sat in a chair long enough to watch the sun move from one side to the oh, other. Yeah, okay. It's a fascinating experience. Yeah. That entire day, my mind wouldn't shut the fuck up. And I was straight up frustrated. I was like, I'm so sick of listening to this. Like, just shut the fuck up. Slept, woke up, did acid, and Molly. Because I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the Molly to give myself a fucking fighting chance of at least having a positive attitude about yeah. this, right? So I did acid and Molly. I do agree that that works very pleasantly. And I... I found just rest in that place. And I, for the first time, I, for the first time I really understood what it was to be the witness. Because in that state, I could be completely aware of the center of my being and the little bit of chatter that was still going on and the sound of some fucking people that I was irritated with which was hilarious because I'm there finding peace and love in the universe and I'm like shut the fuck up guys I'm trying to love everybody here alright if you could just like god why do you gotta be camping and I'm laughing at myself so I was simultaneously fully aware and aware of every sound around me and I was able to just watch it yeah. I just watched it without without judgment for my judgment of the other people. I was like, oh, interesting thing that the ego is doing right now. So I yeah. think you get to this place where you just find it kind of kind of funny and curious what the ego keeps trying to do. Yeah. Right? Um, one of my requests was that I said, I, I, I've been praying to spirit. I say, spirit, what I would really like to be able to do is fully engage and commit to my work without feeling all the negative emotions that have always come along with that before in my life. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want. That's that's my request right now. I want to be able to fully engage. I want to be able to... I, I kind of want to be able to make money for the first time in my life, but not, not make it the center of anything. Yeah. I just want to, like help my wife through school and I want to create uh, a bit more material freedom. Yeah. And the beautiful thing that I was able to do was I left there with like, you know what? This might have zero effect on my life. I accept that. I honor it. The time was beautiful and I honor it, but it had a dramatic effect where it was the first time in my life that I was able to be busy almost every day and stay present in all of that busyness and all those demands of moving and having multiple jobs. And it was a really freeing time. And the, the material progression has been really interesting to watch. Um, fuck, dude, it's just like it happens when it happens. There's no way you can... I think the more you try to make anything like that happen, the less it's going to happen. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I logically agree mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and fundamentally still struggle. I'm like, uh, How does that work? Uh, yeah, exactly. Because it happens to you. Mm-hmm. That's really what happens. It's like you allow something to occur in your life. You're not making it happen. Wow. One of the things that I really love about, I know we've been talking about Michael Singh a lot, which I think that we would. Uh, one of the things he said at the premise of the surrender experiment, which I really, really like resonate with, of like, he's like, dude, this earth, not even just earth, but universe, has been around for billions of years. And the human existence has been around for easily millions. And to think as one individual that we have control, that we can control what happens to us is very, like, that's very, I don't know what the word is, but it's folly, but like, fallicious, whatever that is. But it's like, we think that in this moment that as a man or as a woman, we're going to just control everything and bend the universe to our will when this thing has been happening without us for this amount of time like obviously that like it's been happening longer than we've ever existed so that was a that was a very good premise to me that's what what really drew me into that like that book in the first place that that premise of like do I think that I really have control of my own life when all of yeah. this shit has been happening for so long? It's a very, very beautiful, beautiful statement, yeah. but I was like, oh, fuck. Like, do I think that if I, like, for me, it's like, like I, I don't really resonate with, like, 4 a.m. or, like, do, like, if you do this, 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 then you'll be, like, successful. Successful to what? Like, like there's always going to be, like, bigger forces at play. And that, that doesn't mean, like, that doesn't even have to mean like a, a god or anything. It's just like this massive cosmic experience is way beyond our control. So like, are we going to fight to do something or are we like, you know what? I'm actually going to, it's kind of like um, people talk about riptides in the, in the ocean. It's like, you can fight all you want, but like they, you, you can't swim against the riptide. No, you have to let it, like you have to let it and then like go with the flow. And then if you can not can fight. trust that it comes around. Yeah, and, like, and, and that's, yeah, what, that's, that's what, what like people will teach on the, yeah. like, not that I know that much, but like, yeah, you can't, you can't fight the riptide. So you have to like go with the flow and then like, like conserve your energy. Don't fight the, the forces of nature and then allow yourself to like, so that's like in this life, sometimes you're like, no, I'm supposed to be, a, like for me, I'm like, I'm supposed to be a famous this, or oh, I'm supposed to do this. I had that when I moved to New York, which yeah. was like, I want to have the cover of Vanity Fair. Ah. But the reality is, I think the only reason I wanted that was to feel like I'm worth something. Mm-hmm. And as a result of others' validation, thinking yeah. I'm fucking great. Yeah. And it just never sat well. And I didn't get it anyway, so whatever. But <laughs> well, if you did, it, it probably still wouldn't sit well. You know, I think about that too. I think about, like, it was, it was heartbreaking for me to not be a successful photographer, in my own mind, right? 
other people look at yeah even the, yeah from yeah, the outside yeah, i'll be like dude that guy deserves to be yeah, on yeah. vanity fair right but and i actually still believe that i have the ability to be that good sure but there's a reason that i didn't get those breaks and i feel so grateful that i didn't yeah. now i don't think i would have been able to handle it and i don't think it would have been best for me yeah but i do think that if it would have been good or neutral for me i could have done that yeah because the universe doesn't fucking care like right. about that shit like michael singer ended up making millions of fucking dollars on accident yeah. basically yeah and he just is like okay whatever yeah. you know it's fascinating too dude it is very fascinating i don't even sorry well i wanted to ask you something um with your with your experience uh, and by the way, like you said, you're new. Like I'm, I recognize that I am an infant in this process. Infant. And I love that. That's fucking great because I have so much ahead of me, so much in me that I haven't discovered. I think it's fucking beautiful. I'm doing the best that I can to help other people with, with what I have to offer, right? I, I am. I don't want to mislead anybody, and I don't want to overspeak. Um, but with your new experience of letting go, have you noticed a surplus of energy at all? Um, no, I think I'm low on tea. <laughs> we tired. talked about that. Yeah, 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 I feel yeah, yeah, tired. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I haven't. Uh, I Okay, so... Uh, I'm being a little cheeky, but um, when I when I first really dove into this concept, it gave me a lot of freeing sensibility. And one of the things that you said to me, um, it was in our first—I think it was in our first conversation—because I was diving deep into. I, I just quit. I had quit the bar. I think we we talked in like February, March of this year. Uh, when we first like really sat down and talked, um, I think it was about February, March. So I was like just into it, and I'm like, I'm throwing everything I can into photo video, and you were like, kind of complete opposite. You're like, you're like, let it, you know, right, right, right. right. Yeah. So, so when that's, that's when we first connected, and I was just like, dude, I'm like going head over heels. I'm trying. For goals, I'm, I'm like going after the thing, which I don't think there is necessarily a bad thing of like just like jumping after what you want. But when I was just like, dude, I like I'm afraid to take a step back and like pick up a bartending job or something to pay the bills, and uh, I was just like, I feel that I'm scared of that being like a failure. And you were like, I don't think that you should view that as a failure. You're just, you're just, you're trying something different you're like figuring out your steps and you're not the first person or you're the first person to say it but then i've, I've talked to other people like on this journey and they're like Dude, just take a step back like get some work somewhere else like what why does that matter and so letting go like of like expectation of like oh i'm just gonna dive in and i'm gonna make it or and then like it's not a failure if you have to like grab some money somewhere else or whatever like to, to pay your bills so 
that was my first lesson into like it's okay to uh take a step back i'm like okay so this didn't exactly work exactly how i wanted it to right away and um i don't know if this is answering your question but it yeah, yeah, really yeah. helped me realize I'm like that was like, i was like okay i don't why do like why do i need to make it right away on my first venture into this am i worried like why why like why why would it matter if i have to uh like financially like take a step back and do this or do this what why does that matter like oh it's the ego i'm embarrassed or i I don't want people to know that like I didn't figure it out right away. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I told everybody I was doing this. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Like, so, but then at the end of the game, I was like, oh fuck, whoa, that's okay. And and I've dabbled into like picking up side jobs wherever I need to because I have to pay my bills. And I'm like, I'm still at that point where I'm like, you don't have to be embarrassed because. The embarrassment is only because your ego told me. Told Here's you. something I want to touch into. Um, sometimes when we say I don't have to feel embarrassed or anything along those lines, we're really actually resisting the feeling of embarrassment and trying to make it go away. Yeah. So that's part of part of letting go is fully experiencing that emotion, and then it then it goes away on its own. Yeah. Right. So. It's a really tricky distinction because our ego is fucking slick. So it can take something really great that you've learned and twist it so they can still use it. Yeah. Right? Can you feel a difference there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like we talked about earlier, even just like saying these conversations, especially like when I know it's public, being like, yeah, this is my insecurity and I'm learning to say it and be like, okay, that's okay too. Like, fuck, man, I haven't figured it out yet. And one thing you just said recently um, was, I am still a newbie. And if, you, if we take that in life, we're going to be saying this at 70. And at 70, we could have the same conversation and be like, dude, I'm still a newbie at this. And that's what a lot of the greats, the spiritual teachers are like, dude, I'm still figuring this out yeah Ram Das. that's something i love so have you listened to much Ram Das or read much no i need to you know i mean you're ready when no, you're ready whatever no yeah, no i, mean, I like the people i learn from all learn from Ram Das, like for the most part but it's just like one of those things where it's just like dude you were caught like if you can't constantly humble yourself and constantly check your ego and constantly learn and constantly like i'm only getting started then, like, if you're not, not doing do, that, not like, just accept it, but like, love it. Like, yeah. I get to be started. I get to yeah. be where I am. Because yeah. if you're content with where you are, you're actually going to be content for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's like I. That's something I really like about Michael Singer is he simplified shit so well. Where where he's really just like have an open heart. That was like the fundamental of his whole thing is have an open heart. Yeah. Surrender. Yeah. 
And if that's all anyone learns and does, they're going to live a wonderful life. You don't really have to. I think we get into a lot of this other stuff because we want... want to learn like that's great keep going but if all you ever learn is have an open heart like you're good to go dude i haven't talked to you in a while oh i actually miss this thank you i do too is this that's for you yeah and if you don't like it don't smoke it this i don't like it because it's square it's a rectangular it's called box press i don't like it get your shit together is that a good mouthfeel? I like boxes, but... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's this guy? Uh, use this one. This is better. No. Is it, what is this? Is it still oh, lighter? Yeah. I'm just gonna watch you figure that out. I would love to. Fucking... <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> it's on the other side! <laughs> okay, but how do you... I'm fucking nailed the button. <laughs> <laughs> Reconcile. Uh, I feel the same way, man. The way I was raised was that, like, if you were a natural and didn't have to be taught how to do something well, then that was, like, uh, highly valuable. So then I never learned the... It took me a long, long time to learn the value of, like, being bad at something and sticking with it. You know what I mean? Dude, I was listening to this. uh, (laughs) This is so stupid. You're not all the way lit, though. Here, little baby. There you go. I think that's the first time anyone has ever sent, said that to me. Come here, little I'm baby. Not, no, I'm not the only way. Uh, the, <laughs> I'm not the, the whole way lit. No. Oh. <laughs> I'm normally the whole way lit. <laughs> your capacity to function. Uh. So, the backstory is we got a group together. Is for the, the massive audience that we have, but we, we got a group together and we did mushrooms and we did like half a dose, right? It was not to the moon, right? Well, I, I did more than you guys. Yeah, but you talked the yeah. entire time and four of us, three or four of us in that group, Joe could still talk, but he was nervous. So Joe and I are nervous. very similar and... In... Okay, so... Hold on, let me finish though and then go there. Yeah. You talk the entire time and Thane is here Sorry. for about 30 minutes. So I want to create a backstory just yeah, for right, everyone. So mm-hmm. and then yeah. So it's me, you, Joe, Thane, Sam. There's five of us, right? Am I missing anyone? Uh Joe, Thane, Sam, and um um wait. S- yes, Sam. Yeah, okay. Uh, so yeah. five of us. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we just all took mushrooms together. Yeah. Your backyard. My yeah. backyard. Yeah. No, that's actually the end. It's just that, like, you're, I could not believe... I couldn't formulate a sentence. I always hit a point for, like, half an hour, an hour, where I can't finish a, a whole sentence, and the words don't work. And you were just, like... 
like a chatty Cathy doll, like pulling his own string. Oh, dude. You were going. You're, I was watching your knees. I'm like, he, yeah. has, he has to stop doing that. Like, and I, like that's, stop. So I, that was the first time that I've taken mushrooms in a group in a couple of years. Because I yeah. have in general, but not it. Like, I've done it with friends. And like, if, if something is too much. I, I went, I said this going into it. I'm like, if anyone needs to go for a walk or whatever, you're like, you don't have to hang out here, right? Like, if, if you're bringing in five, six, seven people into a group or taking mushrooms, people can do whatever you want. Like, we don't yeah. have to sit here. Like, if you need to go for a walk. Some people need, can't walk. Right. I couldn't. Sure. I, I, I couldn't fucking get up. So, that is, uh, I, in a group setting, it is a little more tricky than if you take the mushrooms one-on-one with somebody like it's which is what i'm used to for the most part but oh one-on-one yeah like I, i've I, never like, done that i just like uh, yeah i take mushrooms with it, it's mostly with a romantic partner not not always but i've never done that how how is that like i love it like i, I, I think it's wonderful. very bonding I, I i do but yeah like normally involving nature you know Go camping with somebody that you love, or or a friend. Take some mushrooms in the water. Like just, it's great. But taking mushrooms in a group setting is a different beast, you know. Like, cause you have multiple energies. You the, that's how you learn to navigate people a little bit. And I definitely like, yeah. You you're a, you are an introvert, but that doesn't like also. Like that's that that's what happens, and then like Joe and Sam's dynamic is like a, a different beast. Yeah. So when you're experiencing all that live in a mushroom experience, yeah. it can be like it can be weird, it can be exciting. It can be Wasn't it like, wonderful you, though? Like when we all started to come down, we got to this beautiful spot dude. where we could communicate. <laughs> I don't, right. I loved it. It was so nice, dude. But I, what, what I'm saying is as far as, like, the communication, um, which I am, like, I do this, but I am a talker, and when you, you were like, you're like, you can't shut the fuck up. No, all, I like, did not say that. <laughs> I don't think that I said that. I think I said, hey, how about we have, like, a, uh, what did my grandma call it? A quiet competition or something? And she would pay us a quarter? Anyway. But I was like, how about you just don't talk for five minutes? <laughs> what would happen? <laughs> oh, I feel dude, bad about that. Dude, I'm really sorry, no, dude. Dude, I, you don't have to feel sorry. I, I just... Dude, I I know that I'm a talker. I was just so heavily affected. No. But it was the nervousness. Like, not that you were nervous, but it was like this jumpy energy that I was like, oh my God, like, that's all I can feel right now is his leg moving. <laughs> <laughs> So, and this doesn't always happen for me, but a lot of times on mushrooms, it just sparks. I'm just like, it sparks this thing. And I'm like, and uh, I felt that with Joe where I was like, dude, we, we just talk all day. Cause I, and I have done mushrooms with Joe. And I'm just like, dude, we just talk, talk, talk. Like, dude, what about this? What about this? Like, you know, like, we, like it's ideas. Right. And that's not for everyone. And so, no, and I was, and I, cause I, I noticed that he taught and you remember how he was like, I'm sorry. I talked a lot. Yeah. And, and I was like, no, that's how I am. Yeah. Like, uh, like, and it was nice to see that. He like, seemed so anxious that night. Like he seemed really 
restless. Well, maybe he's just dealing with a lot in his life. Well, I and think that, so. But like, goes to, for sure. Yeah. But like, I don't think I was anxious in that night. But I no, I don't think a, you were either. I am a talker, for sure. And I, but I like, I like to like, I am very happy to sit here and like sit back and listen to tunes on mm-hmm. mushrooms for sure. But I also am a person that as soon as like people are like, hey, like. What about this? I'm like, yes, let me tell you about this. And I will jump right in. And I like, so that's, that is a part of like my interactive thing. But we talked about this like on ketamine. Uh, yes, that's I was what I was going like, to mention. Like, I, but ketamine sparks this fucking creative fire. And another, me. it's another one that I'm like, even if I wanted to talk or had an idea that I'd care to share, I can't do it. Yeah. Like, it just... I would say that both are okay. Like, obviously, of like... Course, yeah. Like, we just... I really... Dude, let's... I would really be happy to do that again. Because I really, like... That camaraderie was really beautiful to me. I like that, like... Obviously, once you settle in, that's where the... I think the magic happens after the, the, mm-hmm. the, the come up. Yeah. of like mushrooms where you're like okay we're past that like oh that was intense and then you like settle in and you're like ah let me talk to my boys you know like that kind of like a lot of the times when the creative spark or the like it's past that like come up is that sometimes that come up is really intense it I mean I haven't actually done a lot I mean I guess it's all subjective but I for a long time, I found that initially when I would do mushrooms, even if let's say it's a microdose, but I could still feel it, I would feel some anxiety yeah. with that. But then afterwards, everything would quiet. It was this really weird, and I just felt like I needed to keep going there. Yeah. And I feel like, especially since the um, mushroom and DMT trip a couple weeks ago, like has changed and and uh i go into even uh, i did mushrooms last friday night a gram and a half really good mushrooms like full trip on a gram and a half yeah and uh i went straight to that place like it was straight but what i'm doing now is i'm treating it with more reverence is what i'm doing where i'm like it feels weird at first but literally when i have the mushrooms I say, I honor you, and I'm grateful for the perspective that you provide. And I do them, and I, I have everything set out where I like, I just meditate. Yeah. And I go into like crazy deep places. It's different, it's a different experience. Yes. So first off, I wanna say that looking at you as an individual, I would have never, never pictured you as a mushroom guy. Yeah. If I were to look at you from the outside in and see this big fucking guy that intimidates me, I'm like, this guy has mushrooms. And maybe this is in my, <laughs> maybe this is in my past when I like, cause I was friends with your brother and I would see you and I'm like, dude, this guy is this gym guy that like does this shit. I would have, ne- this is the beauty of getting to know someone from more than like the outside because i would have looked yeah. at you and i'm like dude this guy is a fucker he's gonna fuck me up he's 
gonna beat me to shit. <laughs> and then, as it's like so far, from I know. Like, as soon as I get to know you, you're the most gentle soul I've ever. <laughs> <laughs> and you're Isn't just like it weird like, it is very strange and I, I love it like i just it's very strange how you see someone because i because i only knew your brother yeah. and i'm like dude your brother's very also, similar to you yeah, right yeah, yeah. but like i didn't know you like i only saw pounds. i only yeah. saw pictures of you and i'm just like dude this is a guy who will fuck me up and cameron is like the gentle like version of it. and then I, I meet you you're like the most gentle soul ever right yeah and like it is weird how you under, like start to understand like like the surface is not even remotely entail who the person is right it's also weird uh i spend so much less time now thinking about how other people perceive me so it yeah. always surprises me when people tell me that yeah. and and i actually get a lot of that same um, like your buddy Ricky, same thing. Where he's like, dude, when I met you, I was really intimidated by you. That part I don't understand really the intimidation, but it's like it's really intimidated, and now we're fucking great friends. Yeah. I don't know if that's a a benefit or a detriment or if it's irrelevant. I think it's, it's probably it's irrelevant, right? Yeah, yeah. I have had. This is this seems crazy to me, but I have had tell me that they were intimidating by me. I was like, what? It's like not me? about you, right? It's right. about I'm the other like, person. Dude, I was like, dude, I'm the least in, like intimidating individual. Like, but I, I can still see that because you uh, have a self-assured energy. And I think, I think that self-assured happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like so, and so like, yeah, a confidence comes in, but like, but I also like, Obviously, physical uh, appearance comes into play when someone perceives you. So, like, if you walked into an environment and you're stacked, like, and you walk Just in, big old titties, nobody knows you. Yeah, exactly. It's the same way. Yeah, for example, for example, for like, say, a, a big old titty model, she's just like, oh, I just assumed that hot girl across the bar would be dumb. And she would do, like, she would... Or mean. Yeah. You know what I mean? All the things we're afraid yeah, of, right? Exactly. Like, we, we, we assume all she those. Would, and then she just starts talking to you, and she's just the most gentle it. soul, right? You know what and I mean? And you're yeah. like, yeah. holy shit. Like, why did I perceive, perceive it that way? Because, like, oh, I just assumed that every hot girl with big tits would have been like, I'm too good for you. Again, bah, that's bah, a self-protection bah. mechanism, too. Mm -hmm. Like... Because women are beautiful, they have power. Uh, and we allow them to have power over us because they're fucking beautiful. And we want to share in that beauty or, or like worst case, possess that yeah. beauty. Or, uh, But there's, there's nothing more attractive than a woman that you forget how beautiful she is after you're talking to her. Yeah. But they also, I mean, maybe it's learned, but like I would say, dude, I'm speaking out of my element because I'm not a hot female. But uh, I've heard this from some, but like, dude, they have to have a perfect or a protectionism angle because they have to push off like creeps. They you have know, been pushing I, off creeps yeah. from whatever, 13 to 25. So I they have learned this, like, kind of like. Because men want to fucking out. possess them. Right. So they have learned that. So then we cut, like, uh, like, as a, like, when a. a real human interaction where we like for me as a person growing up 
was like, oh, that person is is this person that always just like, don't talk to me. Like, I'm too good for you. But in reality, they were just being like, no, I don't need another man hitting on me. And I actually just want to have a, like, conversation. It's a tough position to be in because um, what they have to do is to assume that every man wants to possess them. And therefore, they draw in, they attract that energy, too. Mm -hmm. So it's a self-fulfilling sort of prophecy. Um, But then when you, like... Obviously, you've experienced this when when you talk to somebody who is might be like that person. You have a, like a good conversation, like oh, oh, this is nice. I ran into that oh. in New York a lot. Yeah, yeah. You're like, dude, you're just a, yeah. you're another person just trying to figure out life. Yeah, then the you just don't, you don't hey, you don't care anymore. Yeah, exactly. You're not trying to. You're like, oh, this is a an interesting human being. I, that's something I appreciate about working with all the models in New York is I was able to practice seeing. A human being, not a body. Yeah. Human being first. Yeah. They happen to have been gifted or cursed this beautiful form. It's 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 both yeah. because yeah, and that is the that is the tricky thing of the human experience because we are we see somebody first for their body. Yeah. For better or worse, that's how we see. Yeah. But like, when I if I didn't know you, I see you, and you are Dan muscular tatted like he's probably gonna destroy me and i and and then i'm bringing my preconceived ideas it's like i'm a frail nerdy kid i'm like dude this kid this guy is gonna be like get the fuck out of here and then the very first time i met you you're like dude let's meet up like i'm like oh what (laughs) (laughs) and then and then you just realize oh yeah like we're like we're just like i love it when shit happens like like our first meeting because it was immediately uh like oh i feel like rick and morty was like a point of connection probably but just we just kept hitting these points of like it was very oh i love that too it was very unexpected yeah yeah (laughs) But that's, I do love that. I love the surprise of, of um, getting to know a person that I like, I was like, oh shit. Like I didn't realize that I would actually be friends with them. And uh, one of my first uh, arrangements, my buddy Mick, actually, shout out to Mick. He's supposed to be on this podcast. But I bailed on him. You bailed on him. I did. I, I did three, I, I scheduled three podcasts in a row. Oh, okay. And I got really fucked up for the one which is great we did it and then i got really fucked up for the second and then we did it and then by the third i was like dude i cannot exist and i like texted me i was like i can't believe it. i'm sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> but so he is one of he he is an inspiration to me um he is where i got the um non-negotiables from yeah okay. like, he taught me that like principle where it's just like Create a list of like is like he's like if I if I do these three things I've succeeded in my day because mm-hmm. he's on a mission to um, and I've told you this um, but he's on a mission to be a soccer coach yes yeah absolutely yeah okay. and so and, but that's a twenty year mission or thirty like I mean it's not a it's not a short game it's a very long game but he's like he wants I, to coach in the Premier League right yeah yeah I recently learned how much they make. So entry level is like oh like one or two million, and 
Yeah. Of any, of and any Premier the, League. The Premier ever. League of Spain is making 19 million. Yeah, so the, the lowest level is at like one or two mil. And, and so he's just like this, and he, and he has kids, and he's like, I want to show them what's attainable if you work towards a goal. And I really appreciate that. And then, and then he's, but I met him as a bartender. And even as a, uh, as a bartender, I, I used to give him shit because he, he, uh, he was shaved head, uh, diamond earrings, and he had been like, fuck, he's like, he might hate me if he ever sees this, but he just, like, hadn't been laid in like two years. He was like, dude, I can't find a girl to be interested in me. And I was like, Mick, here's your problem. You look like a douche. <laughs> yeah. But okay. all the girls that are into douches meet you and you're a gentle soul and they're not into you. And oh, yeah. all the girls that like nice guys will never talk to you because you look like a douche. <laughs> How was, did he handle that? Uh, we were just like fucking around. This is like literally when we were still like bartending. Yeah. I was like giving him shit about it. Yeah. He met his wife and his love of his life and they're doing fucking great. Mm. Uh, on Tinder, this is a crazy story. I should talk to him about this on this podcast, but like he, he, he told me this. He's like, dude, I got on Tinder and I matched with Kara, his wife, and he's, she, she had turned on Tinder because she was like ready to start meeting somebody outside of whatever her circle was. This in Boise. Yeah. Okay. Met him, went on a date, turned it off. They connected. They've been married for she like She went on five. one date? One date with him. Bro. Like, and what about was, him? Had he, been, had he been on Tinder for I'm a long time? I'm not sure or? how long, but like he could not find something that worked for him. And then all of a sudden that clicked. That is and lovely when that happened. It was, and I was yeah. just like inspired by it. So, but he, he went from bar to real estate. But like, so when I connected mm-hmm. with him later, he's like, dude, I've been always working towards being a soccer coach. This is my law. It's like, I want to be a soccer coach at the highest level. If you want to do it at the highest level, you have to. It's it's not, it's not a short game. It's not like. So where where did he start on that process? We started. Well, so so he um, he played soccer. He got uh, he got drafted into the professional level in, I think, Seattle, um, got drafted onto the team, was into the season and broke his ankle or broke something that oh. inhibited him from actually. So is that, was was him on that team, was that after bartending with you? No, that was before, before. yeah. So he was still, bar- but like, I didn't even know this till after. But so his mission is to, like, he's just like, this is what I want to do with my life is I want to be this. Uh, um, and he's like, I will set my family up forever if I, not if, but when, like he's very, like very determined. And this is what I appreciate by, about someone who has a goal with a singular focus and like is gonna make it happen. And I've watched him since like go from, he's like, I'm, I'm coaching these fifth graders. Now I'm coaching these eighth graders. Now he's coaching me as you. Now, like he, he's just like, I am very determined and then he's just like working towards his goal and it really inspires me. But I'm like, dude, how do you do it? Like, how do you like manage all this pressure? Cause, and he's also managing his family and he's just like, I get And he's a realtor? Yeah, that's how he pays his bills yeah. on like, like while he's working towards 
what he wants. And um, he was just like, yeah, I dedicate this time to this, this time to this. And then he was like, by 8 p.m., that's my family time, 8 to 11. And I spent those nights with my so family. So he's type A. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. He is very different than I am. You're not type A. No. But what I appreciated about him was like when we had this conversation, um, this is what I was like, dude, I want to talk to you, talk to you about on this podcast so bad. It's just like, I feel like a failure every single day that I like, not every single day, but what I'm like, I fuck up here, go sleep in, whatever. And he's like, but hold on. But do, do those things equate to you feeling like a failure? Does it make you feel like a failure if you sleep in? Not always, but there's like this, it's like external pressure, yeah. right? Um, so anyway, he's the one who taught me about uh, non-negotiables and he was just like, dude, what I've real like, and he, he was talking about how he talked to his therapist about like stuff like this. And, he, and he, she's like, he, like, cause he's managing a lot of things, family, goal, whatever. And she was just like, you have to, she's like, you have to, uh, determine me time and she's like what does me time mean to you and he's like well where he's like my me time is coaching and she's like so then are you coaching so he coaches his kids um at five or six p.m like his kids team mm-hmm. as just like that's his like donate like he's coaching his kids and then he coaches bsu in the morning hours and he's like, that's actually my me time. And he's like, that's where I thrive. That's where I feel the most. Rejuvenated. Like, yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. and so he's like, so I had to determine, like, I'm actually winning every day that I wake up and I'm coaching. So as long as I'm in, like, inputting into somebody else's life, that's a win. And then if I do this, this is a win. So, he, like, you have to mark these things in your life. Like, okay, so mark three things in your life that are wins every single day that's where i got the non-negotiables was from him mm-hmm. it's like choose things it doesn't have to be hard it means the things that you were like passionate about so like that's what i was like i want to be passionate about like my growth the way so when i told you mine i was like i want to speak into the mirror every day and tell myself how i love myself that is something that i want to create as a non-negotiable for me where i'm like I can do that every single day. It doesn't matter if I fuck up everything else. If, if I could get into the mirror and be like, hey, Joshua, I love you. I believe in you. I want, I like, I love who you are. I love how you treat your friends. I, you know, like, so these are the things that I, like, want to say to myself every day in the mirror. So I, like, created my own, and I was like, okay, so can I make my bed in the morning? Yes, that helps me create stability in my life. Because, mm-hmm. like, I feel like my life is chaos. And so if I can just make my bed, create a little, like, safe space in my room, I feel good. And then I talk to myself in the mirror, and then my third is meditating. And I'm still struggling with it, but I know that that gives me peace. gives me clarity. gives me, like, my stress level goes from here to here when I do that. Uh, so that's where I learned it from. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and his path is different than mine. Like, I'm not trying to do that big thing. And that's yeah. great that he is, and I'm not doing that. But, well, it's very, it's very, to end it, it's just, like, very inspiring to, like, see a person on, like, a different path, but still, like, learn and grow from, like, oh, shit. Like, this is still a person, like, on 
life paths that he's figuring it out and he's managing it as best as he can. Yeah. So, one thing I thought about while you're talking is um, culturally, we tend to admire uh, driven people with a singular focus. Very, very driven. The detriment of that singular focus is a lack of adaptability or the ability to see when something's offered to you that might not be what you intended on your path and receive it. Um, the other thing is, um, both of us are in the same boat. We're like, I'm just not going to be a highly structured person. It's not in my makeup. But I have always uh, felt some shame about that. And, how, and actually, Surrender Experiment made me think about yeah. that, too. Because I was like, this motherfucker meditated three hours in the morning at three hours at night. And I kind of felt like this, like, I don't... I'm not going to add up to that that degree of uh, dedication. Yeah. I had to let go of it and be like, that's not how I'm made. No. I'm not intended for that degree of discipline. I can develop discipline in certain areas, but I'm an, I'm a I'm a feeler and I'm a we're we're artists and we're changing yeah. direction, we're moving and if 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 we constantly feel like we have to be other than that, then we're not going to receive all the beauty that that there is in our particular makeup and that's that's fucking hard so that's the thing that I've struggled with um, on this life path you read from different people right mm -hmm. so every time say for example reading from Michael C mm -hmm. I'm like okay now that I've read from him I'm really inspired mm -hmm. so now I want to do everything he's doing mm -hmm. I'm like that doesn't just because he did That's what I immediately did. Yes. And immediately sing. recognized. I'm like, no, I don't have to. I am not Michael Singer. And I, I don't have to do yes. what he did. But I can take some really yes. beautiful things from this yes. and adapt them. And that's that, yeah. that is something that I'm starting to learn. Cause I, and I've read the opposite. You know, like, if you read, I don't know, I've been to, say, you go to a BNI, you're like, oh, well, get up at four, do this. And I'm like, oh, well, now I need to do this. And then you try it, you're like, dude, that's. But then well, as soon as it's not, like, you realize it's not you, you don't realize it right away. You're like, I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. Ah, mm -hmm. fuck, dude. Mm -hmm. Well, I mm -hmm. guess I'm a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. But, like, mm -hmm. if, you, if you were to interview every successful person, you're going to get these broad, different ways they got there. Yeah. And so, and it doesn't, not even, like, that's only, like, the, 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 uh, the 1% of, like, Sure. But in general, say interview people that are happy. That's not all what like ever or, or what people that are satisfied or people that have you know. So, like that's a that's a good learning lesson in being like, oh, I don't need to like I can take a little bit of wisdom from them. That's maybe that's not me. That's okay. Like maybe my path is a little over here. But I I want us to take that nugget of truth, and that's where I struggle with too. Is like. I struggle with discipline mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, so I do understand that I'm on the other side of discipline. I'm like, I want to just wake Float up around and yeah. and but maybe I can learn from the people that have a little discipline. That doesn't mean I need to like go all the way and to be like, okay, so I'm going to wake up at four, get in the cold soak at four fifteen, like go to the gym at four thirty. But you know like, what? <laughs> have you, have you done that yet? What? 
woken up early. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, My early is seven. No, but that's fine. Early to you. There, I, I look. I resonate with all of this. We are constructed very similarly, dude. Yeah. Very similarly. And I've always felt an element of shame at my lack of discipline. But you know what's happened? I've asked, I've accidentally wandered into discipline because there's something I want yeah. in life that requires discipline. Yeah. So I have a purpose for it. And I now I have it. Like now, most of the time, not in the la not since my crazy ass DMT trip, I started sleeping in late and like I lost my mind for a while. But before that, I was like, no. I can get up at seven and I can get to the gym by eight and I can get this shit done and it feels really good, but I'm not doing it because I need discipline. Yeah. I'm doing it because discipline is required to get what I want. Yeah. It's a different approach. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. That, that it's, uh, I think for me, I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. But I uh, actually, this whole, um, when I started this like podcast, it was called Nobody's and it like, I am 38 when I started this, it's 37, I've been a bartender, never get up before 10. Um, I like to enjoy life, I like to travel, I like to uh, dabble into the debaucherous, and I still think that there is a, like, you can still figure out a way to, like, enjoy life, and, like, I guess I would originally I would say be successful. Now, like I wanted to show people a path to like you can do things that you want to do without. Um, it doesn't like I do think that the it's more of like a military um, way of doing things. You do this, you do this, you do this. This is how you are successful. You build wealth, blah blah blah. I think there are different paths, and if you watch like most creatives. They don't do it the same way and i like i just want to shed light on a little bit of that like and i'm just like yeah you don't have you for example you can smoke cigars with a friend that you like resonated with and you can do something different and um i don't know where that goes but i just like that's, that's the thing is it doesn't matter where it goes yeah you allow it to go wherever it goes yeah. most of the time it goes somewhere beautiful and unexpected like it's you you're not trying to control it and as a result shit falls in your lap yeah. yeah and you know what you don't have to earn it i think that when we feel like we've really earned something we invite the element of like pride and uh i deserve this instead of like this is a wonderful gift and i yeah. accept it and there's there is just humility built into that right yeah and i I don't want to dis. I, I don't want to um, knock like the dedicate. Like for example, if you want to be in the NBA, yep. you can't do this. Like you have to actually get up and work every single if day. If you want to be, right. if you want to have a PhD. If yes. You, so yeah, there yeah. is levels of that that are for certain people, but that doesn't mean that is for everyone. Doesn't and, mean it's the only way. And that doesn't mean yeah. that there is not like a different path. Like maybe you weren't supposed to be in the NBA, and maybe you. It's like, oh, fuck, like, maybe I could do this instead. And it fall. My, um, at some point, you'll probably meet this guy, but my buddy Rob, um, one of the smartest guys I know, 
um, actually the smartest guy I know. Um, he told me this thing. Um, he's a doctor, very smart, very successful. And when I, I had a conversation with him a year and a half ago when I was, what I told you about the Vancouver event. Um, yeah, that, that I invited you did to recently. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I did it a year ago. Um, okay. So when I was talking to him, he was just like, honestly, he's like, I've been a go with the flow kind of uh, a way of my life. And he's just like, I be it's like, I became a doctor. It, everyone else tries so hard to be a doctor. He's like, it was so easy for me. But he's like, because I, I like to so he's like, I like to read yeah. from 12 to 18 or whatever. He's just, I just really craved learning and growing. So he's like, when I started med school, it was cake. He's like, most people. Could you imagine that? Like, right. Dude. But most people are like, oh, I got to try so hard. And I'm like, ah, it went, that was not his path. He, he was just like, dude, it was so easy for you. Because that was, it came easy. It's like how Michael Singer when he picked up the computer, yeah. just resonated. Yeah, and he was and just was like, like, writing was code is like meditation for me. He was like, and it I was like a language, it. he's like, I already knew how to speak it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it just resonated with him. Like, so that was like how Rob said it, like becoming a doctor was for him. And then he's just like, the things that have come into my life is just going with the flow. And then mm. his whole charity was kind of on accident. That was like, he, uh, like, he had told me this, and then I was thinking about this after reading that book. I was like, oh, shit, this is kind of like how That's Rob pretty cool to see, yeah. has, He's yeah. just like, I wasn't trying to start a charity. He just, it kind of happened. He's like, okay, well, like, yeah, let's put some money into it. Like, let's, let's try it, like, a little bit. And, like, now it's grown. It's, it's getting bigger and bigger. It's and, beautiful. And I'm like, but he's he wasn't, like, really trying for it. And he even says in the say, he's like, I don't want to work, like, I don't want to make this a chore for anyone he's like i wanted to keep being like what we want to do and we're 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 enjoying what we're doing we're helping people blah 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 and it's growing and it's beautiful it's like oh this is the guy who's surrendering to the flow of whatever is happening like okay so this is what my influence and like whatever is happening we're growing we're helping more people but i wasn't like he didn't go in with a mission of like i want to create a charity yes yeah 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 are you are you real familiar with sam harris uh yeah uh pretty i'm not i'm not as versed do you well. feel like he's in that world of like he sort of surrendered his way to where he's at yeah i get that sense, yeah because he's this neuroscientist and yeah. then he's like all of a sudden i'm in a meditation i love, and, I love his uh yeah. i love his perspective yeah. from what i've heard um i lost it there was another person But uh, yeah, I like I like Sam Harris's perspective yeah. a lot. Oh, I like oh. <coughs> Huberman. Sorry, Huberman, not on the same level spiritually or anything like that. But I I enjoy how the way that Huberman presents advice, even is with such a like a a gentle acceptance to it of like, hey, most people aren't going to be able to do to get up at four, get in the cold plunge, mm -hmm. send out fifty emails. You know, yeah. and then eat breakfast. So, uh, if you're not going to be able to do that, there's some very simple things that you can do. And one of them that I really liked, and it was actually really pivotal, was don't get on your phone first thing in the morning. I was like, oh, shit. Just changing that. And now everything's changed where, dude, you want to hear, I mean, to me, this is a miracle. But 
I wake up, fuck. Last night, I literally meditated in my sleep. What? <laughs> Never done this before in my life. And um, I guess I don't want to say it quite that way, but I woke up quite a few times and I, uh, I watched my mind and I, <laughs> I have never done this before, but I was just like, I'm going to focus on my third eye. And, uh, what did I say? Oh, in every in breath, I said spirit, every out breath, I said, I let go. And every single breath, a thought tried to infiltrate every single breath. And I immediately let go of it and went back to my spot. And I had two wild dreams. <laughs> I'm not going to go into super. One of them was horrendous, literally child mutilation. I don't know why. Then the next one was this beautiful, intimate moment. It was just this, it was a weird fucking yeah. night, dude. But as a result, or not as a result, but in the same vein, I wake up every morning and the first thing I say is, spirit, I surrender. I get to wake up like that now. Every fucking morning. I like that. Wait. It's amazing. Okay, so if I were to take this, as soon as I open my eyes, spirit, I surrender. That's like, that's my takeaway. Because okay. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out ways to wake up better. Because a lot of times I wake up and I'm stressed, almost yeah. immediately. Yeah. So I want to like. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So me that's too. Good. Okay. Up until the last few months, I always woke up feeling not good enough. And like, uh, I always woke up with this just wild rat race of thoughts in my mind. And I always woke up feeling behind. Yeah. Yes. That resonates really hard. Like I'm already behind. Yeah. I've already not done enough. Dude, you sent me that song. Uh, uh, what is it? Sleeping at last. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you are enough. Mm -hmm. And I set that as my alarm for a while. Cause I was just like. I want to wake up, and that brings me a lot of joy when, mm. I, when I wake up mm. to that. It's like, doo, 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 doo. it's like, it goes through like all the thoughts in your bed, and it's just like, you are enough, you are, and I, <laughs> dude, it's you really just start good. out as enough. Yeah. So then your actions are not about trying to make you enough anymore. Yeah. No, I like the, yeah. I like that mantra. Just, That's great, dude. Not a mantra, but whatever. Like, it really is a mantra. Wake up, wake up, and say, I surrender or yeah. something. Because I've been trying to. Um, uh, actually, I just so my sister just got uh, recommended this light because I, I can't wake up in the like it's dark. Well, and your sister got recommended a no, light. No, she recommended me this okay. uh, little. Um, it's so speaking of not getting on your phone when you wake up. Yeah. Because um, normally you will wake up to your phone, grab it, whatever. It's like the alarm. Um, so she recommended this light. It like simulates the sun. Mm -hmm. So so one of the things just like shows like it creates a lot of light. 
especially when it's dark out, but like I don't get a lot of light in my room, so it just turns the light on over 20 minutes. Like the minutes. sun's yeah. going up. Yeah, so it turns it Which over 20 minutes. Which naturally your body right? responds to, yeah. So then you wake up, and then, dude, this is like two days in, so. Hold on, so it, it uh, has an alarm on it, where it wakes up, it, like it starts coming on at a certain time? So you program it, Yeah. so it's just this little uh, ball, yeah. and it goes from like, uh, light to dark over, or uh, sorry, dark to light over 20 minutes. Okay. Like it's super bright, and so she she said it's been a game changer for her. And so I've only tried this for two days, so hear me out, and I'll talk so to you. So I want year. it, like especially in the winter time. I'll sh I'll show you this right after. I'll show you like what it does. But and then I have Phillips light, so I'm trying to figure out like so instead of so I do want to wake up earlier. Like, I don't want to be a 4 a.m. guy, but I want to be able to wake up and, like, get it going. But I don't want to wake up and, um, uh, I gotta let you lay in bed for just, yeah. So you wake up and you lay in bed? Yeah. Well, and I, and I've never been a person, like, for the most part, I like, dude, I fucking love laying in bed. I really do. Like, I, I, like I well, like, then the next question is: Is this best for me? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I and I, and I don't I don't want to uh, say that either are bad because I'm like, yes, when I get up at six, get my day started, and get all like and get going, I feel accomplished and it, it does give me joy. But getting up is always just like a dread, and I don't want to dread waking up, right? So she, this is why she's told me this. Is, she's like, I don't like you just said it, kind of wakes you up gradually. You wake up, you're like, you like the light. The light brings you, like, so obviously you can talk to Huberman about this, where it's just like you get the light, it wakes up your um, natural circadian get moving get your body flowing you're like okay now i feel energized like like I, you shake the grogginess etc um but yeah so actually today was the first time it, it felt really good because i had set it for seven it like or it, it, it kind of like searched it i kind of woke up I'm like yeah i actually i'm pretty awake and seven is early for me like really early and normally i get up at like nine to ten right now seven's the earliest that i get up yeah. and um and I didn't get out of bed until probably seven thirty, whatever. Because I, dude, I fucking love laying in bed. Especially but again, if again, there. the question is like, is this best for me? Yeah. If the answer is yes, then fucking do it. But if it's not, then like, and the thing is with some of those routines is like, they're they're just hard initially, and then they get they do get easier. But there is also um, okay. So here's my like counter to that. Like, so I follow. Do you know Tom Billu? He's a very like success guy. He is a uh, he's very inspiring in a lot of ways. He gets a lot of inspiring people, and he's he's still into health. He's still into wellness. He's into meditate. Like he's not like a non spiritual guy. He's not like just all money or whatever, right? But he he's said that his hang up was always getting up, and he's like, so I have a rule. I hit the, or he's like, as soon as I wake up, I give myself nine minutes and then I get up. And I admire that, but I love intimate time with a partner in bed in the morning. Mm. And I think that that is some of the 
the most beautiful connection that I can have. With so it sounds partner. like that's best. Right. Yeah. But like for how long? Like, cause I could do that for hours and just lay in bed with someone and cuddle and be intimate. But at some point I'm like, I do need to start my day and still need to like do some things. Like, like this is again where I like go back to like doing and being right. Like I like, cause I could lay in bed all day and spend an intimate moment and I can take that moment into eternity with someone in bed. But if I do that all the time, that I can't exist that it way. It inhibits other things right. that need to be yeah. done. So, yeah. um, but I really like if, but if I can turn that on two hours earlier, and that's what I like about this light thing, where it's yeah. just like, okay, so instead of waking up at 10 and then staying in bed to 11, if I can wake up at 7 and stay in bed till 8 and then still go about my day, I feel good about that. And then I let... I don't know. I, this, these are all things that I'm trying out because I've always yeah, been yeah, yeah, yeah. sleeping. Well, I mean, and I will probably never be a four person, but I do know that at know, a man. specific time at like, because I I'm more of a late night person, but I also tank. Like at eleven, I start like losing my motivation. So I'm like, okay, so if I'm gonna lose my motivation at eleven, I can't sleep until noon. Like I have to do some sort of things with like what I'm doing with my life. So what I would say with, with the morning stuff, like just start with one thing and maybe the most reasonable and helpful, like yeah. find that little combination. Yeah. Like if you sleep till 10 or 11, but you get to start out with, uh, you know, whatever, whatever resonates for you, uh, man, I'm really grateful. I'm grateful that I have this bed. This bed is beautiful. So grateful. I'm grateful that I have this house. Or yes. And still I have like so that. much hair, you know, whatever it may be. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if you, if you start out, like sometimes that those first thoughts set the tone for your whole uh -huh. day. And that's what I like about what you said. Like when you wake up, you're like, whoa, say it again, actually. Um, I, I say, uh, Spirit, I surrender. And I it's actually oftentimes a form of my mantra. My mantra typically is, Spirit, I honor you. I open my heart. I honor you. Yeah. And I'll go ahead and I repeat that often during the day. Yeah. Um, the other one that I do is, uh, I am loving awareness. And that one I got from Ram Das. Um, so something I love about Ram Das is when, after he had his stroke, I think... He lived like 20 years after his stroke. Yeah. Something happened to him because of that stroke. I mean, his ego just fucking melted. And the, he, he, have you heard him post-stroke? Yeah. So slow with that yeah. gravelly yeah. voice. And like, um, but so loving. Like I heard him uh, at a convention where he's got three or four other panel members or whatever. And he's talking about how he's like, I love everything i love everyone here i love this cup and i'm like that's fucking interesting because he's in such a state of in loveness that he literally feels love for everything around yeah. him at all times that's a that's fascinating and i love that 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 tells me that that's a possibility so when i uh 
this is where like I feel the um, I know um, goes back to like doing and being but like I feel very in my core that I am still like I am meant to do something like meant to produce something I yes but I think it potentially and this is like potentially some of it's my ego but potentially some of it's my like calling and this is where it's like when we, when we talk about um greater consciousness like when you tap into something and then you come back like mm-hmm. we talked about earlier like off podcast but just like these experiences where you're like you see something beyond yourself right you're like, so what is you see yourself in in relationship to everything yes yeah. versus from yourself mm-hmm. yeah yeah so yeah. then when you come back to what we are in this moment it's like okay so I've seen this of like this expanded universe especially like like uh, you talked about seeing yourself in multiple timelines and I've, I've seen myself in this as well mm-hmm. um, and when I come back to, okay, so this is where I am right now, and my belief, I, I guess currently, is that, yes, I am something of a greater consciousness. I have, like, this, this, I view the, the world as, like, a more of a collective, or consciousness as, like, more of this collective consciousness, and then it's, like, purpose in these individuals. So, we get these experiences of, god and god-like being and like our our, like divine and then we're still in this body so what is that for and then i'm like okay so what is where am i like what am i what am i doing to to uh represent that like that greater purpose so i had a thought and give me your feedback but my thinking is that these things that we are called to do are less. I'll take a drink. Cheers. Oh, sorry. You. No, I don't want one of you. I'm good. I'm drinking slow. I drink fast. I'm drinking the slowest I've ever drank. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I had a few shots of whiskey. I'm proud of you, bud. Thanks, bud. <laughs> <laughs> and I. I don't think I've had this thought before, but I feel like these things that we are called to do are much less about the doing of those things than that those things put us in a position to learn what we need to learn. Yeah. That makes sense? It does. It's less about the production. It's more about the experience of it. And, you know what I mean? And it's also like such an intricate framework, the human condition, where everything that we do has an effect and that affects somebody the same with the book letting go like somebody recommended to me and on this goes and people get increasing amounts of freedom and we share it with each other and it's just fucking built into us to share you know so okay so i have a uh i have an idea that i've been thinking about this a bit um but so if there's a greater consciousness Say it's a collective consciousness. I'm not sure of any of this. It's like where I like, I think about it a lot. I'm not sold on anything. So I want to first portray that as like, 
I don't really know what's going on in the global universe. I don't know if there's one God, if there's multi-God, etc. Okay. So I do when you see like certain things that happen in life, um, like divine events or like events that you're like, holy shit, maybe that had a purpose. Like, or maybe there was like a reason why, for example, like maybe there's a reason why I met Dan this moment was because of this, this. Have you ever felt that? Like where? <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. I mean, especially after the DMT thing where yes. I'm like, oh shit, everything was beyond comprehension uh, organized. So I had, you know? so I've had a couple moments recently where I felt that really heavily. One of the recent ones was uh, have you watched Oppenheimer yet? No. So Oppenheimer is about dude who created the bomb, etc. But it came out of that movie. So I'll explain the situation and then you can give me thoughts, but um so um I think that trying to figure out how I, uh, so basically we are in a situation, current, um, um, state of affairs or Russia and Ukraine, okay, war, okay. yeah. right? So there is potential that there is nuclear holocaust. There is that potential in, in our lifetimes, right? So if for example, Russia's like, fuck, fuck it, we're just doing this, like, at the backs. And then, and then the state of the world is like, uh, at least in America, we're like, okay, we're doing this. This, I don't mean this to be political, like, we're just like, okay, well, yeah, we need to support Ukraine, Russia, but like, Russia has nukes, we have nukes, like, there's like these big superpowers of nukes. So, um, when I watched the movie, I had this like kind of thought where um, my takeaway from the movie, which I think that Christopher Nolan and the whole movie was just like, dude, I don't, we don't know what we're playing with. This is really dangerous. At the very end of the movie, uh, they say this line is like, uh, where they're like, we, uh, like, we started something that will end civilization. And they said that when they were starting, like, coming up with this thing. And they are like, well, we have to do it before Germany does it. So we have to figure out this technology before that. But this is like, and they're like, well, don't we think that this is bad, that we're creating this thing that could destroy everyone? They're like, yeah, but what if Germany finds it first? Like, that's scary, right? And then, so at the end of the movie, like, so they had already referenced this point. It's very beautifully done. Yeah, and no, I'm afraid to watch it right now. It is scary. Yeah. It, it, it terrified me. I like, I was like, when I, at the end, I was just like crying. Yeah. <laughs> I literally was crying. I'm <laughs> uh, like sobbing and like the, the screen goes up and, and Lindsay and Cinder were sitting there. They're like, Josh, are you okay? I was like, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> I was like, dude, it's, it's very, it's scary, but like, it's really well done. But uh, I think, um, so anyway, the point to me that I got from it was just like, dude, we don't know what we're toying with. And we've already set in chain emotion where like, we are going to destroy ourselves with this technology. How, so what I thought from that, thinking about like, um, 
global consciousness or whatever. I was like, Christopher Nolan started this movie before this Russia and Ukraine shit ever happened. Like he, like for some reason, was like, felt probably drawn to a project. I was like, I don't like this project. But I was like, was he, maybe he was guided by some sort of global uh, or like consciousness. It's like, hey, I think this is important. I think that you should make this. Because he is one of the biggest, most influential film filmmakers of our time. So, but this is four years ago when he started this project, or five, or whatever, you know, like way before Russia and Ukraine ever happened. And so it just happened to actually get into fruition at this moment when tensions in the world are very high. And I was like, maybe, and this is like my own speculation, I was like, maybe something in consciousness was like, you need to make this But movie. to what effect? Okay, hear me out. So I was like, so if, because if you were a, like, if you were to just say as like a narrative in um, like a news sphere, we shouldn't toy with this. Like it, do, like it doesn't resonate with people. Mm -hmm. The only yeah. way to resonate with people is to create something artistic that resonates. You know, like because that's entertaining. Entertaining, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So now yeah. you have millions of people watching this thing that is a global sensation, and then, it, then being like, "Holy shit, this is actually dangerous." Maybe we should pay attention. Maybe we should put a little bit of a break on what we're doing. And this is only my perspective, but it, like, it, cause I was really scared at the end of the movie. I was like, yeah. fuck, this is what we're doing as a human race. We are like just building nukes. We're ready to go. We're like toying with like all this combattery. And at any second, somebody presses a button and then we all go to like nuclear Holocaust. And no one wants that, or like we would hope but I don't think a lot of people like know what the power of what this was because I wasn't like alive when this shit happened, yeah. like in the first nuclear bombs yeah. or whatever. And now it's gotten so much greater. So I had this thought where I was like, well, maybe um, some sort of consciousness impressed on somebody who got some sort of, and I'm not saying that Christopher Nolan is any sort of like uh, no, 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 you don't tapped have into to be. whatever, no. but yeah. I'm like, shit's what still if... happening when people aren't aware of it. And so, but like that, I wasn't resonated with it until I saw that movie. And then I saw it and I was like, dude, this is actually really scary. And if I, if I, as an average watcher see that, hopefully those other, what, however many people resonated with that movie, like hundred million, 200 million, which like, oh shit. I think we need to figure out a way to de-escalate a little bit and then that creates a goal like not global but like maybe even just like the, the sentiment be like hey i think we should calm down on how we're treating these escalations kind of flippant. right yeah, yeah. and and because I, I think that something like that like we never think it's gonna happen right until it fucking happens and we haven't experienced it in our lifetime yeah like and so we don't really realize that yeah so i feel like that movie impressed on me how 
disastrous this could be. And uh, and so I was like, if I am as an average viewer even feeling this, maybe all of these other average these viewers that went to watch this movie feel this. And then as a collective, we're like, hey, 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 like let's let's pump the brakes a little bit on what we're doing, like in this. Yeah. And so I I'm not sure on this, but I'm like if that is something that like subtly changes the course of us being like, yeah, we should just go to like, fuck them, blah, blah, blah. Instead be like, Hey, we should actually figure this out because this is too dangerous to fuck with because we are all at stake. Like, uh, and I don't know that to be like true. I just, I, I felt it very like in that moment, I was like, I think this movie has way greater purpose than just a movie. It was like a very like uh, it was a way to impress on the average person the importance of what is happening. But I was like, dude, he didn't know that Russia and Ukraine were going to war. He just started this movie because he felt I need to make this movie. Do you feel like do you feel like our own our own self destruction is inevitable? Uh. On some level, at some time. I mean, it just feels like we're going to continue to advance uh, and uh, still be fundamentally human, which includes a lot of uh, so basic evil. So it begs, you know. begs the question: Like, did we do this before? Did we already like destruct ourselves before? Do we do it again? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like that's so, a that's a that's a deep rabbit hole for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I but am on, a rabbit on hole. Smaller, guy, yeah. On smaller scale, yes. I mean So what I, yeah. Rome essentially self destructed in its own way. Right? Yeah. Oh, you know. But Rome didn't have news. Exactly. And that's why I'm saying, like, we have a lot of technology. But there is a lot of room for growth, man. And as we keep doing it. More yeah. and more power, more and more weapons, and you're still gonna have fucking dictators doing awful yeah. shit in the world. And so the good guys, whoever, if they even exist, are still gonna retaliate. Yeah. Like, it's still, um, and when I think about our self destruction, I don't actually really think about complete annihilation. I just think about, like, we're gonna greatly reduce our population at some point. Sure. Which. Is simultaneously awful and in the process of yeah. life. Yeah, might be how it goes. This is only like this is just a thought where I was like, okay, I'm not sure if this is like actually existence, but I have been thinking a lot about like um, global consciousness purpose and like putting like I I guess I have been thinking a lot about there is cosmic purpose to individuals. And I was like, how the fuck would Christopher Nolan know that in three years time that nuclear shit would be at the forefront of conversation when he started making that movie? He had no idea. So I was like potentially for some reason, something prodded him to put a movie into that because yeah. he was making Inception and he was making 
Interstellar, and now he like like for some reason he got like put into that, or like felt I need to make this movie, and for like that was three years before this actually happened, but this movie came out right when. Yeah, I mean, my, we are dealing my opinion with this. is I, I only have my experience, which suggests that things are incredibly perfectly connected and coinciding. And just that's how that that's still how I feel. like yes, I do feel like there is potentially a reason why yeah. that is now. Fuck if I know. Yeah. And that was like, this is only a theory. Yeah. It's not like that. But I felt um, I felt it pretty pretty hard. So did you did you see everything everywhere all at once? No. I we started, talked about this. I, I started it and I fell asleep, but I was really yeah, tired. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is one of those movies <laughs> that somehow tapped into so perfectly I don't know I actually who created I don't know who created that but they some did some fucking guy. psychedelics man. because <laughs> they yeah. were tapped in dude it was I have to brilliant. rewatch it for sure it was brilliant I haven't watched I've only watched it once on mushrooms yeah um whew. talk about crying dude yeah. I wept through that entire movie I went by myself uh, see this that's one of those things where um as a creative um i think that sometimes the way to in you know like our conversation like i hope would influence one or two people right but when you create a cinematic event that can like reach a ton of people and like because you can you can't have that conversation with like a person and change their perspective but if you create like a like a like a cinematography way to bring in the average person that never thought about those things, and then bring them in, and they're like, "Holy fuck, I never thought about that!" Or like, that's that's the beauty of mm -hmm. art, cinema, where, wherever that goes. Like that's music, especially yes, dude. exactly. Music's incredible. Um, yeah, it taps into the heart so easily. Yeah, and that's a that's a better way to reach people than just standing at like a, a pulpit or so like saying hey I need you to listen to me yeah. you should change your mind when you start that telling people work. listen to you it doesn't go up well. but if you show them yeah. some sort of art that moves the soul it has to resonate like, or it does uh, nothing yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and that's that is my appreciation for you know any sort of person that and I don't even think that sometimes people Maybe that director didn't even know how much they would influence somebody in that moment. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the things that I would really like to do um, in my life is to create a film. I can't imagine how fucking hard that is, especially a film like Everything Everywhere at Once, where it's like a perfectly told story. So you've got that beautifully shot, funny. There's fucking action, and then yeah. the core message is pure enlightenment. Like, amazing. So this guy, uh, uh, Tom Billiou, that I was telling you about that, will will not stay in bed um, for more than nine minutes, which as much as I can't do that, his mission uh, 
I think you would like him, uh, he, like, but he he is on a mission to be the next Walt Disney. But he's like, I want to be as influential as Walt Disney on culture, but I want to teach these messages that I've been learning. And he's like, I don't think that I can just tell them on a podcast. I want to teach them. Or show them. Yeah, yeah, I want to throw him through, through like cinema, and yeah. so he's trying to create a uh, cinematic empire. Has he produced films? Um, not. I don't know if he has yet. Is that what he's trying to do? But yeah, like that's his end goal. Like, okay. He's like, I want. He's like, he's like, this is a thirty-year process, and he's already created businesses. He's been massively successful, and he's he's an inspiration as far as like he came. He's like. I was a lazy asshole, but he's like, I wasn't doing anything. I was fat. I was lazy. And now I'm like doing this. He created a, a quest, the, um, the protein bars yep. quest. Okay. Um, so he did that and he sold it. And then he created this like podcast stuff after that. But he's like, what I really want to do is create cinema on the level of Walt Disney. But I want to teach these lessons instead of just teaching uh, um, hopeless girl finds the boy. We were just talking about that because we watched uh, uh, Little Mermaid. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Uh, I was like, Al, that was like the worst movie I've ever painful. seen in my life. Yeah. That was, oh my God. So yeah, that's kind of his like approach. He's like, I want to create cinema. I want to be on that influential level, but I want to create something that actually like changes the human perspective. Babes, like the only way to like really change that, like you have to like put it through culture. It's like you have norm. to speak to people where they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah. some people are going to respond to yeah. you know Jordan Peterson and lectures and yeah. um, for sure, but probably not most people. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's that's his goal. Yeah, I mean, it's a big-ass mission, but it's, yeah. How's that cigar? I like this one. Okay. This one a lot faster than the last one. Mm -hmm. I think, does it burn quicker, or am I Just different, uh, like, once, you, once you're smoking a lot of cigars, you'll notice that they weigh, they're different weights, they're almost like different densities. Yeah. So that'll affect the burn. It's also just a different size. It's like different dicks, I feel. Do you feel different dicks? Yeah, sometimes. Okay. You just gotta know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. I almost stole the gay joke. And I'm going there right now. That's right, I'll tell it. <laughs> I feel like I have a like a past because my brother's gay, you know? And then most of my best friends in New York are gay. Yeah. But I don't. I don't have a past. I, uh... Dude, it is crazy. Um... I was talking about this off camera, but... It is crazy how I know you, so... Like... I met Cameron, your brother... 12, 12 years ago, I would say. Of was he manager at that time? No. And you guys were both back no. at house? No. So he was, I don't even think he was serving at the time. He was just back at house. Yeah. So I was serving. He was back at house. And then he became a server. Um, so 
the kitty moved in with Severo. Yeah. And in Vegas, yeah, they're living together. Now, um, kind of all met at the same time. Um, I started at P.F. Chang's right after I started playing music. And um, I kind of met them at the same time, and we all started hanging out. Um, so, me, so Severo was a back waiter, or like a busser, whatever you call yeah. it. And I think the camera was the same back waiter, busser, and then he started serving. But uh, we became homies. He became friends with my uh, roommate, Chris Hurd. Yep. You know Chris Hurd? Yep. So. Hurd. Hurd. Yeah. So I lived in this apartment over on Laytop. It's like right up the way. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Where your parents lived, just like straight down. And um, so, dude, Cameron and Chris were really good friends. So he was just over at my apartment all the time. And then, like, we became friends, and then we, work, we all worked together. I actually worked with Chris Hurd there, uh, and then I was just like, hey, I have this apartment. I was saving for the house here. And so then I got Chris to live with me. And so he was uh, coming over all the time. And then when he became manager, uh, we were not supposed to hang out anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what a weird... But, I, I get it and I don't get it. Like that's, that's so like, hey, you can't be friends anymore with all of so your friends. Silly. I yeah, I get it I as mean, far as like a corporate standpoint. Yeah, but also just so stupid. Like people got fired because they hung out with employees. So silly. You're like, oh, you were hanging out with an employee where you have to get let you go. Like that was the culture. But so Cameron became manager, and then um, he. We had already been hanging out. I was selling weed at the time, so that's how you bought this house. Yeah, all of <laughs> weed money. <laughs> Dude, it was so funny. But like, so when after he became manager, he would still come over and hang out with Chris. And then I was dating this girl Maggie at the time. And one time, like I would come over. He's like, "Dude, this girl's like hang out with you." It's like, no one's been like. I tell anyone. It was so silly. I was like, dude, I'm not gonna tell anyone that we're hanging out. And then my like, girlfriend Maggie came over and he was just like, oh fuck. I'm like, dude, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> and then we would still all hang out. And uh Yeah. It, he's it was, still in that position because he's managing Shake Shack. Do they have some somewhat of a similar corporate Yeah, structure? I think so. Um and as a result, like just doesn't have very many friends because that's where he is all the time and he doesn't really have like like I have cigars so any city I go to I'm gonna immediately end up falling into this group right he doesn't really have like that kind of a social thing yeah and that's a struggle because like I don't know it's a bummer because if you go into a situation because there has been some managers that came into BF Chang's and like well we can only hang out with managers they're like cannot hang out with our employees so then they can't make friends but like it's easier they, that way versus it like is going easier. up like but that that is the trippy thing because okay so you spent time for the last year of your life making friends with 20 people that you know and love and all you've done is partied with these 20 people and then you became manager you're like yeah you can't hang out with them anymore like, yeah get the fuck out of here it's, it's yeah. so stupid yeah. in that regard. I get the dating thing, like not dating your employees. I get that. Yeah, part. but yeah. at the end of the day, you still can't, like, okay, so you're not allowed to associate with them anymore. Yeah. And then I feel like 
it always still happens. Like, come on. But then, like, people would get fired over that shit. Um, but yeah, so, like, we still hung out and stuff. And then, um, yeah, we're still gonna smoke weed together. We're still gonna hang out together. It was a cute deal. Like, no one can know. It's so silly. He doesn't smoke anymore. He hasn't smoked in years. Really? Mm hmm. He started to get uh, just anxious and paranoid and shit. Um, but yeah, that's, it is crazy that that's how, like, I knew you. And then, um, I really love that Severo lives with him now. So Me like, too. I'm gonna go to Vegas yeah. and get to hang out with Severo and Cameron. Like, that's gonna be dope. So yeah, I, re I really appreciate some of these full circle things. It'd be nice if we could go together. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It'd be really nice. Um, so, uh, my buddy Ricky that I mentioned before, Ricky's super interesting. He's like deeply, deeply spiritual. Yeah. And um, it's interesting, uh, he, he like has a sensitivity to vibrations and energies, and this is actually a whole part of it that I don't have and I don't really understand, but he does, that's how he, you know, responds. And So, he's uh, he started a men's group, and the men's group is now coming to my place uh, in Meridian, and I've tried out these things before. And most of the time, I'm like, it's fucking silly. Like, this is not worth my time. This one is amazing. It's dynamic and immediately vulnerable without being melodramatic. Yeah. So it's not like people are just um, wallowing in their complaints or their, their miseries. Sure. They're just really honest. And, uh, and people are there like, you have one atheist, you've got a Christian, and then all in between. So it's something that you want to come and be a part of. We're going to have one on Tuesday at 7 at my place. So. Oh, yeah. Tuesday. I think it'd be this good. Tuesday? Yeah. 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 Um, 100%. I keep inviting people that I know will fit well. It's interesting how men uh, in our culture have such a longing for a place to actually get to be honest, you know? And then... It's a, it's for me personally, it's a little bit foreign because I've always been vulnerable and honest. It's the first thing I, it's the first way that I connect with people. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much need there was and, uh, and how helpful it's been for me too. So you'd be a good, good addition, you. dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all walks, like some are like billionaire successful, some are struggling financially. Divorce, uh, I mean, it's all kinds of shit going on. Sure. Yeah, yeah dude, uh, even the last one we went to, um, just... Uh, that was uh, the start of that group. That was the start of okay. that group. Yeah. So, so some of those people yeah. are still involved, but it's yeah. gone a very different direction sure. now. And I, uh, I'm very open to just, dude, I, I do think, I think at the core, men need to bond. And sometimes it gets pushed in certain directions, but yeah, if you can find the one that like just resonates with the yeah. guys that are around, like that's how I felt when we were uh, uh, like taking mushrooms with me and with Joe. 
yeah. saying. It's just like, dude, just trying to connect, uh, no expectation. Just I think what's so unusual out. about this situation for me is these are not, a few of them are my friends that I've been friends with, but most of them are just like, I only met them and know them from the group. Yeah. We haven't even done like regular social shit together, no. you know? No, I think it's still important. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fucking freezing. Yeah. Are you cold? No. But uh, I'm so cold. We should end this. So, yeah. yeah. Dude, uh, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate really it. That was really nice, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, there's no rules. I'm gonna make my mom watch it at least. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Dude, I met your mom like twice now. She seems dope. She is dope. I met your. I think I met your mom and your dad at the same time, both times, but. Where at? So I met your mom and your dad uh, at Sturman's when you guys were doing something. Yeah. But then I met I them. So. I met them. I came over to your house before you were there with Cam one time over at Crescent. Yeah. yeah they're super nice. They're um, fucking amazing. They're yeah. great, dude. And I mentioned, like, they started out really, really religious, really fundamentalist. Uh, and they have. They've evolved with the rest of us. Dude, that's you know? impressive. That's impressive. My that's, parents that's really rare. are not that, yeah. like, not at all. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't talk to my parents about any of this shit. Yeah. Not to say that I can't talk to my parents, but, like, it's just, they're still pretty stuck in, it's, a, like, a, a yeah. specific religious, like, uh, construct, I guess. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. Uh, my mom gets a little quiet with the psychedelic stuff. But also, <coughs> like, what about dicks? Can I talk about dicks? You can talk about dicks. <laughs> She's not going to talk about dicks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's largely in face. It's partly because my, my gay brother in New York is beyond inappropriate. I mean, the shit that he tells the family, I'm like, that's why they Oh my God, dude. <laughs> dude, I'm normally that person to people. Like, dude, I don't know if I can bring Josh around, but I'm actually pretty good. Like, you're fine. I can dude. read a room, but and yeah. also you're mild compared to Jesse. I'll tell you that right now. Dude, I have actually never met Jesse, and I would be so. He's great, man. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. All oh, right. Shit. Thank you, man. Thank you. This has been really good. Yeah. I love you, dude. Yeah. Give me. Um, I wanted to tell you. Oh, uh, I wanted to tell you what I appreciate about you. Um, and I think I appreciate it like right off the bat so I was drawn to you but like you have a sincerity you have an openness you have all the necessary elements to continue to grow for your entire life and that is really admirable I appreciate it um, I man I don't really know how to put it in words, but when I first started hanging out with you, like, that's not a few people I know about you. Uh, just a dude, very unexpected friendship. <laughs> and I feel like this is just a start, but it's also like, like we talked about, like, dude, now we know it's Sparrow and Cameron. Like, I think it's just a start. Like, and I, I think you were like, you are on a journey that I got to, like, I'm discovering, and you are, you are, like, 
year or two into the path that I'm already like clued in on, I'm going. So thank you for your lead and thank you for your like suggestions. But uh, if if this conversation reaches one or two people that want to continue that journey, that like that would be exciting to me. Worst case scenario, this is another practice. Like, dude, I'm podcasting and this is all practice. You know what I mean? Like, that's this is like a practice and an art that I'm trying to perfect. So, mm-hmm. thank you for like doing this with me. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I man, thank you. Welcome. Yeah. You're a cool ass dude. I appreciate it. Hell yeah. Shut the fuck up. Nobody's. <sighs>